Okay, let's lower the music. What's up, everybody? This is Sports Goose number 126. And I'm not contractually obligated to say this, but I feel like saying this anyways. Presented by Mr. Tortilla. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just want to say that for every episode from here on out. Uh, I'm Francisco. Joined by my good buddies, Andrew and Charles here. Yes, we've got sports. We've got random stuff to talk about because sometimes we just get tired of talking about sports. We were just talking about Steve Harvey being a judge, which is weird, but it's television and I guess they're running out of ideas. So, you know, that's what's going down there. Anyways, uh, hey, how's it going, everybody? How you, how you guys doing? Pretty good. How about you? I'm lazy today. I'm, I'm I'm the laziest of lazy, so that's that's where I'm at right now. But I got some things done. You guys heard about that off camera or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, anyways, Charles, what's what's the game of the day today? Um, we are starting up Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. I need to give my Switch some love because there's a game that I would love to recommend, but I just can't yet so Mm. i was like all right i need something to play during the show and i want to play a multiplayer Mm. and i had bayonetta from the download when i have bayonetta 2 on my switch so you know you get the free download in there so Mm. i'm like all right this will be about 10 hours so we can get done within about three shows so it's a perfect segue and we i literally just started before we jumped on so we're going to get instant reactions from start to finish and we're going to expect me to be hating my thumb Mm. um because with any kind of these it's not a button masher but with these kind of hack and slash style games, all of this, Devil May Cry, yeah, um, yeah no more heroes, yeah, you, you, you get sore, man. We're, we're gonna be hearing the clicking in the background, so that's yeah, that's. I, what... I swear that's the controller. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, man, so w- w- we got college football, we got NFL, got th- some hockey and NBA. We got a little little bit of everything. I've I've got a theme to my smaller segments today. There's there's a there's a theme that's gonna run throughout, okay guys, so that's that's what's gonna be happening. So you guys should. I'm all en- about themes. Yeah, you guys should enjoy that. Uh, so, all right, where do we start with this one, guys? Where do we start? Hmm. Should we go with my theme just so you guys can, kind of, we can get it out of the way. You guys can kind of laugh about it and be like, okay, alrighty. Anyways, okay, so I guess we'll do that. We'll we'll do that. So let's start with hmm, where should I go? Uh, I know, yeah. This is how I'm pl- I'm planning this out. Uh, it's it's better know a minor league team. So we we talk about billions of minor league teams out there. They're like they're like stars in the universe. They're, they're just more and more each day, and some die, and some are born all the time. But, uh, but to... this is going where I think it's going. I think this can also uh, double as a you go girl. Well, it's not going where you think it's going. But you're you're it, it will you, you, you just just put a pin on that, Andrew. Okay, all right. Okay. So we're gonna do the Gwinnett Stripers. So the Gwinnett Stripers, they are the AAA affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. They were established in 2009. They used to be the Gwinnett Braves, and then uh, they moved from Richmond when they were the Richmond Braves a long, long time ago, 1966 to 2008. 
And then before that, they were the Atlanta Crackers, 1901 through 1965, which is kind of funny when you think about the region and area that they're from. And the, the reason that the Crackers ended was because the Braves moved in in 1966. So that's why the Crackers were out. <laughs> funny. Anyways, uh, they've been the Atlanta Braves affiliate for like ever. For like ever, ever. They were, the Atlanta Crackers were actually the Milwaukee Braves affiliate. And then they just decided to move the team to Atlanta. So there you go. They've, they've never won a championship while they've been in Gwinnett. And, but the, I guess going through all of the franchise minor league history, they've, they've got a, a notable amount of players. Okay. You got Brian Snicker. The current Braves manager used to be the manager of the Stripers, and then he moved up to be the Braves manager. So that's where he comes from. Uh, Freddie Freeman played there as well. Uh, Julio Teheran as well played there. While they were in Richmond, this, this is a, like a... Here, here's some heavy hitters while they were in Richmond. You got Dusty Baker. You got Bobby Cox. You got Jermaine Dye. You got Jason Hayward. Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones, Brian Jordan, David Justice, Tony Larusa, Dale Murphy, Ned Yost, and Dion Sanders. So some heavy Jesus. hitters. Yeah, yeah. And then when they were at the Crackers, you got Luke Appling, Hall of Famer, Eddie Matthews, another Hall of Famer, Tim McCarver, and here's another Hall of Famer, a pro football Hall of Famer, Charlie Trippy was on the Crackers. And they play out in Cool Ray Field which is in Lawrenceville, Georgia, opened in 2009, along with the, the team's move to Gwinnett, and holds about 10,427 people there. Okay, but another, uh, but another guy, and here, here we're going, we're going to start hitting on this theme, because we're going to connect it to the other thing. Okay, guys, so uh, let's go to a, a player remember to forget, and I'm going to be talking about Peter Moylan. So Peter Moylan, you guys are like, who the hell is that? And that's the reason we have this segment. Peter Moylan, pitcher, relief pitcher, played in baseball, played primarily for the Braves, also played for the Dodgers and the Royals. His career didn't last too long, but it was long enough with stints here and there. 2006 through 2012 with the Braves, then went to the Dodgers for a season. Then was out of Major League Baseball, went back to the Braves in 2015, then with the Royals for a bit, and then ended on a minor league contract with the Braves in 2018. The 24 and 10, 3.10 ERA, 324 strikeouts throughout his time. Uh, he was originally signed by the Minnesota Twins. He's from Australia, and he was signed by the Twins, but then he guess couldn't cut it at that time he became a pharmaceutical salesman in australia then he made a comeback in the chinese professional baseball league out in taiwan and then during the world baseball classic the first one in 2006 he did pretty well the braves invited him to spring training and he made the team and he also played out in the czech extra liga which apparently the czech republic has a baseball league i did not know this the Drachi Bruno, I, I, I can't pronounce that. Don't know what that means. And he was an analyst for the Braves in 2019. Okay, and we're, we're going to move on from here, guys, because he's currently 
the manager of the Melbourne Aces. So we're going to move from this to uh, Uncultured Swine. And we're going to learn about the Melbourne Aces, okay? We're, we're, we're delving into Australia. So the Melbourne Aces. All right, come on, give it to me. So the Melbourne Aces, they're out in the Australian Baseball League playing Melbourne in the Melbourne Park. They have won two championships. They were established uh, back in uh, 2010. Or 2009, they, they've played their first season in 2010. And they, they've won back-to-back -back championships most recently. Their colors are red, midnight, blue, and white. Okay, and they, and they and and of course Peter Moreland used to be their pitching coach and is now their manager. Their general manager was also a former major leaguer and Justin Huber, who played for them. Uh, and you know they, they they play out over there. Um, let me see what else do I have here in my notes. So the, the theme can keeps going. We're we're diving into Australia, uh, and their current ballpark is the Melbourne Ballpark. It's the best consensus baseball park in the country of australia they host they hosted the all-star game for like five seasons in a row they had two prior teams because the australian baseball league used to have an original league that folded a while back they hold five thousand people and they most recently are in the news because of this person right here uh, and it's you go girl. So we're going to move on to you go girl because most recently the Melbourne Aces have uh, they they signed and I think she's the first woman to play in, in a professional men's baseball league. Uh, so her name is Genevieve Beacom. So she's 17 years old. So that you know, just just you know, beating the crap out of a lot of uh, people out there. She's uh, let's see. So she she made her first appearance recently. She um, pitched one inning, allowed one hit and one walk, and no earned runs in that inning. Uh, she's she's moved up the ranks from the under sixteen league out there in Australia, uh, beating out hundreds of other local baseball teams and, and then uh, the Aces and uh, the, the pitcher, Peter Moreland, just like, yeah, he was impressed by her and so they signed her and and so she's, she's blazing a trail right there and she actually hopes to play for a NCAA team in 2023. So she hopes that she can garner some interest from someone out here in the United States. So you go, girl. There we go. So there's the theme, guys. It just went from one thing to the other. Made it all connected. That's what I did instead of uh, a lot of other things I should have done today. <laughs> now I have a land down under stuck in my head. Yeah. Yeah. There was an Australian theme to today. The, 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 the title of this episode is Crikey. So there we go. Uh and uh, please, everybody, don't be mad at the stingrays. It's not their fault. Anyways. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, 
It's, it didn't go where, where you thought it would go, Andrew. I, I know you had something, but we can make it go there if you want to. We can have two Yugo girls, right? I think Charles would be happy about that. We could save it. Yeah. Is Andrew here? I don't hear him no more. I think he's gone. I, mean, I have my mic on mute. Uh, so. oh, okay. Yeah. And do you want to talk about this Yugo girl, Andrew, while we're here? I, I think you kind of said it all. Uh, no, no. I mean, about a, the different one that you thought that I was going to get to. Or was this where you oh, thought yeah, I was yeah, going yeah. to? Um, no? I forget her name well, already. Um, is it Rachel Blavik? Balkovic. Okay, mind you, Balkovic. Uh, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Yeah. Rachel Well, well right you're going to have to learn it soon, Charles, because she's in the organization, the New York Yankees. So New York Yankees I made some... my own name. Yeah. <laughs> the New York Yankees recently also made history by naming Rachel Balkovic as the first uh, female manager in minor league baseball, in, in affiliated minor league baseball. So that means the, the teams that go directly up to the major leagues. And so she's going to be the manager of the Tampa Tarpons out here in single A. So she'll be out there. She's been with the Yankees for quite a while. She's from Omaha, Nebraska. And yeah, yeah, so she's been... Uh, she also... Oh, look at this. Here, look at this connection right here. She also coached in the Australian Baseball League. Look at that. So it all comes together. You didn't uh, plan this at all. I did not plan that part at all. That's that's also... That's that's pretty new, but... Uh, she, wow, she's been everywhere, huh? Look at this. She won Appalachian League's Award for Strength Coach of the Year 2014. Uh, Johnson City's Affiliate Strength and Conditioning Coordinator. First woman to hold that title in baseball. Uh, hired by the Astros uh, to be their Latin American strength and conditioning coordinator. So she helped them, you know, power up to hit, smash those trash cans. Uh, she she learned Spanish all on her own for the position, for the position so she could communicate with the players. Uh, first woman in that role in Major League Baseball. Um, and was the Corpus Christi Hooks strength and conditioning coach in 2018. Uh, she she has two master's degrees. Uh, gosh, man, uh, I don't even. I, uh, Virgin, yeah, we're in the same age wow. group, and she, we feel less accomplished. Yeah, I know. And she wow, she got this in in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and she worked for a Dutch baseball and softball programs out there as an assistant hitting coach, um, and then a, a fellowship with a driveline. Giants in 2019, but decided to take the role with the Yankees as, um, uh, wow. So, so here we are. So here we are. So she's, she's managing here and the Yankees have done another historic thing and a long line of historic things that the Yankees have done. So you go girl. All right. I mean, if she if she was replacing Aaron Boone, I would have her jersey day. But I don't get to have <laughs> maybe the that I Charles. Want. It could be the start. You never know. Could be the start. Don't give me hope. Yeah. Don't give me hope. I, but you know, good for her. Um, good for the Yankees. You know, I'm always I'll give them that plug because I we always knew that baseball. It's I'll tell you, basketball. We knew on the horizon they were looking for some. Um, women in a high-end position becky mm. hammond came to mind and 
I don't want to say she got blackballed, but for some reason she didn't get picked, but Chauncey Billups got picked over in Portland. Just saying, that was mm. the wrong choice. Uh, so she had to go and get hired. She's going to WNBA. I, I forgot who she's in the coach, the Aces or, or whatever, the team yeah. that lost in the finals. Yep. Um, and then you know, in football, you've at least had Bruce Arians trying to be a big change, and at least he was one of the coaches who brought one of the first women staffers, not being strength conditioning, but trying to do things as an assistant coordinator or assistant positional coach. But baseball, I can't really say that there was a lot of women who came to mind. I think we talked about it several shows ago about how they had the all-female broadcast in baseball. That was kind of big. So this is a very positive step forward. And how do I want to say this? You still have misogynistic mindsets that are heavily prevalent in all sports. Just go on Twitter. Yeah, just go on Twitter. Just go on Twitter. Everybody's going to feel like something's out to them. Um, but I think with baseball, this is a good thing where you, you can make whatever classless argument that you want about the opposite sex joining into that sport, can't play in that sport in, in essence. Oh, a woman can't be a defensive tackle. Oh, a woman can't be a three and D defender, but baseball is a very universal sport. I think all sports are universal to anybody of race, creed, color, gender, what have you, but baseball for me, and I don't know if you guys have seen anything on the radar, but this is, it's a big shift, man, because I know we were getting some female executives in there, but. And yeah. by no means or radar was I seeing anything about um, fem- either female bench coaches, hitting coaches, or a manager itself. And this is big because it's not as if, even though it's like the single A, it's still something because it has a lot of grooming for the young guys that mm. they take or the guys overseas that they're seeing their hit or miss. And that all goes out to who? Scouting. And I'll tell you if they're going double A, triple A, or even the majors. You know what I like this about this? This is based on actual merit, unlike uh, mm-hmm. Aaron Boone, you know? just got the job without any actual merit right guys so this is a yes man right yeah so this is a person that actually has some merit that actually uh has a a a a resume that leads up to her being qualified for this job so it's not just because i once hit a baseball in 2003 and then i did nothing else for the rest of my career you know it's it's not that You know, and I was an announcer on ESPN, and I wasn't a sociopath like Alex Rodriguez. In the end, it was all moot because the Marlins won. All right, so let's see. So that's yeah, those that's that was my theme. That was my my whole thing going. I went with an Australian theme, Uh, and I guess with the Australian theme, I was, you know, was it Novak Djokovic? Was he finally reinstated? That was the whole thing. Yeah, they reinstated his visa. Yeah. So they reinstated his visa, so I guess he's going to be doing the Australian Open. But there's, of course, a lot of I was I, I finally I, I learned a little bit about Australian immigration law while I was I was uh, checking up on that situation, and apparently there's a ton of people waiting in the in that that same hotel that he was in uh, at that airport hotel who have been waiting on the Australian immigration courts to, to hear their cases. And some people have been waiting for years, but here comes Mr. Serbian Parasaurolophus piece of shit coming over here trying to take priority over them because he's a tennis player. You know, he hits a, he hits a yellow fuzzy ball. So We're not uh, all fans. Oh, yeah, here, that's so right. That, we you don't know, care about you. You know, yeah, exactly. So actually, yeah, he was my goon. He was actually my goon. So that was the Gottlieb's goon right there. Is yeah, Novak Djokovic. Okay, uh, you know what? You, you, do, you believe what you want. Do the Aaron Rodgers thing. I don't give a shit about that. But you're 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 taking precious time away from actual other people. You probably should have been made waiting for years on end because of that too. Okay, 
you know, you, I guess it's a Serbian thing. We're, we're going to lose a Serbian audience now, guys. So, but I think it's, I think that might be the theme for this year is how much of our, of, of our, of our audience can we lose? I think that's, that could be a nice accomplishment. It's almost like uh, some of those YouTube videos are like, how many dislikes can this get? And they're, they're trying to challenge themselves to do that. Whereas man, we're going to lose this. I think we lost a Serbian audience a while ago. So that's that's not too bad. But we're going to lose more of them now. Okay. And I'm just going to, thanks to Charles, I'm just going to associate that country with being parasaurolophuses. Okay. Well, keep in mind for our brethren who want to leave us, we're not saying it's y'all. We're just saying it's the people whom we don't like. And the man that we, the king parasaurolophus, you know, the word I can't pronounce. Yeah. King dinosaur. <laughs> he, he, you know, fraud. I, yeah. I don't even care if they say he's having a better idea. And then when it comes to Jokic, just understand, we are not trying to ostracize a fan base. We are calling out individuals because for those who want to play fact checks, we are, you know, we're, we're check checks, man. We, we check, we keep you in line. We check you out, buddy. You know, call us Walmart. We, you don't need to do self-checkout. We got you. You can't buy that. You don't have the money. No refunds. And, and you know, the thing is, it's not just the 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 pre the preference for his case over other people normal quote unquote human beings preferences over there in Australia it's also his like him trying to lord over or at least have have preferential treatment over other tennis players around the world who all yeah. got their vaccinations all did their all did the things that they needed to do to enter the country of Australia who is who has one of the more strict uh, border policies with regards to uh, the COVID. Uh, around the world so uh, you've got other tennis players calling them out uh, Andy Murray called him out he's like he's, he's got to answer some questions about that uh, Andy Murray called him out Rafael Nadal called him out it was basically like just you know stop being a bitch and just get your fucking vaccinations that's basically what he's what he that, I'm paraphrasing there but that's basically his 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 um, his feelings about it so uh yeah, yeah, I guess it's a Serbian thing. I guess it's a Serbian thing. I, I don't know. All right, guys. So like, uh, we, we dead rabbits and the wolves. You know, but... Can't, COVID can't hurt us. Parasaurolophuses are, of course, herbivores. They are prey. They are not predators. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's some bit of cowardice there, too. Okay, so I'm just going to call them out. So, yeah, Novak Djokovic, you're, 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 uh, you're my goon that I, I'm, I'm putting out there. Uh, oh, here's another. Uh, uh, here's another. Oh wow, I don't know if we're gonna do this, but we're gonna do this now. We're gonna do roof claim. Roof claim is also another goon. <laughs> Roofclaim.com, everybody. They are not gonna sponsor us at any point, ever. Uh, but, but they they recently uh, they they're currently suing the Jacksonville Jaguars for breach of contract. For here, here's here's the what what what's what's in here by exposing roofclaim.com's brand to a toxic marketing environment that will cause irreparable harm. So they paid they paid the Jacksonville Jaguars six hundred thousand dollars to sponsor them this year, and so now apparently they are pissed off and think that the Jaguars have uh, have breached their contract, but. You should have known that when you decided to sponsor the Jacksonville Jaguars. So. All because they fired Urban Meyer. That was like their predicate. 
that they acted in bad faith, but yet that coach was fired for cause. I mean, so yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things, but they should have known that this was going to be a shit show from the beginning. Well, I mean, not, not come just on, that, but think bigger. You're the only roofing company. I don't know if they extend to like Georgia, but presumptively, if you have the funds to pay the Jacksonville Jaguars money to yeah. kind of sponsor for a season, I think you're doing okay in business, bud. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this, you'll be fine. This might be a marketing ploy. It might be that too. But yeah, so I'm going to throw a, a goon out there for them. All right. And in connection to this, oh man, I'm, I'm doing a lot of connections here. Uh, I, this is not planned out, but I decided to, to just kind of talk about it anyways. Uh, I'm going to do a real MVP to Jaguars fans. So Ooh, Jack, Jacksonville... Does include ja- Andrew or no? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, don't, I think he's, he's thoroughly disowned the ball, team. Still no. Yeah. Still no. So he's, he's fully are, are disowned the team. Are you going to go back? No. no. I, I've debated it, but they, they lost me when they decided to hire Urban Meyer. Yeah. But they fired Urban. Yeah, but the... I mean, also the fact that they hired the the known racist guy as their strength and conditioning coach. It's like... There's too much now. He knows too much. <laughs> There's too much to go back. So, yeah, the Jaguars fans, uh, a lot of them decided to come to the final game of the season dressed as clowns. Uh, I guess as as a means of trying to get them to fire their GM... I think the Jaguars' problems stem from a lot deeper than just the GM. Okay. So, yeah, uh, I, I think I applaud a lot of fan bases that that let their team know that they're very displeased when the team thoroughly deserves it. So I can get behind that, you know. As, as, a, as, a, as a person who was thoroughly displeased with my uh, football team uh, to the point where I, I, I really don't give a shit anymore. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's great to, to, to see. So to the Jaguars fans who have not been broken, uh, good on you guys for, for hiding your pain by dressing up as clowns. So thank you. Thank you all. Okay. And yeah, that's and that's thank you for supporting the Colts losing. Yeah. Oh <laughs> don't worry, we're gonna be heating. Mm. The NFL segment's gonna be excellent. Oh, should we should we get to it and then talk about the national championship the second half? Do we wanna do that? I mean we know I, I think we all have things to say about we're, the championship game, so I, I'm okay with that being the start to the second half. Yeah. We're at the half hour mark, so let's let's do that. Let's do that, Charles. Okay. Uh, Andrew, you you you'll be biting in the background because I'm 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 assuming you were were you working RCFB yesterday? Of course. Okay, so we can kind of gauge the reaction to the game, especially as it was going down in real time. So so you you prep up your 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 notes in your brain or on your computer there. Well, well I've we, got it already. Oh, oh shit. Okay, good. <laughs> so so we'll. we'll Go into the second half doing that, but Charles and I will talk about the final week of the first ever week 18 in NFL history, final week of the season. It 
it went down. Something went down. It was pretty interesting, actually. I think a lot of people were saying this is the best final week of NFL history, and I was like, okay, calm down, guys. All right, but it, it was uh, there's a lot of recency bias there, but it was interesting nonetheless. So uh, I just want to get one thing out of the way, guys. Let me just you know, while, while we're doing the, the beginning of NFL seven because I don't want to talk about this no more after this. Uh, <laughs> the fucking Dolphins, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. <laughs> let's just start mm, unfortunately there. they gave you material to talk about it for the next several months yeah which no which is gonna suck because of the freaking uh sports radio down here we got an um, uh, uh, the, the heat even the heat like it, like the heat don't garner as much talk on sports radio compared to the dolphins sucking uh and of course the panthers are gonna get little to no no talk, even though they're the number they one team in the billboard, though. When I was, you know, yeah. I saw it on the way to Sawgrass Mills. Oh my god, look at that! The cats are hot. Well, that, that's yeah. as much stuff, gosh, man. No, <laughs> that's the love that you're getting. Yeah, I mean, our billboard. Okay, so all right, so week 18, the Dolphins. Well, the Dolphins did, I don't know, I guess they ruined the Patriots' seating, but that was it. Mm. That was it, but yeah, they, they came up with a garbage time and final week win against the Patriots, thirty three to twenty four. Jalen Waddle surpassed Anquan Bowden for most reception yard or receptions among rookies in NFL history. Of course, he had one extra week to do it, so I don't really like there, a lot of new records happened yesterday. I think it was just the NFL trying to like I don't know push some some bullshit stuff to to market to people. When, hey, look, everybody had an extra week. That was it. Unless you unless you were injured and only got to play uh, 16 games or something like that, then we can't really well, compare. Listen, these, I don't know. Let's, Francisco, all of this stuff happened before our time, but this is the same dilemma with the like Roger Maris, Roger Maris, yeah, yeah, or the, the any do- league, 2007 Patriots, it's like a... and and hell, the NFL hasn't been at six, wasn't even at 16 games forever. Yeah, I know, but it's everyone, been a everyone long time. Still talks. I'm gonna tie yeah. this in here with your beloved uh, Dolphins. <laughs> the Patriots it. went 18 and one. They won more games than your beloved undefeated Dolphins. <laughs> beloved is such a strong word that doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> but they are still the only undefeated team. That's and right. everyone says that. Everyone talks about that. Yeah. They don't well, put, they, everybody talks they, about that too much down here. Anyway, sorry, your, your like, point is made. Your point is made, I understand. The point is the player did the best they did with mm-hmm. what they were given. That's true. Anyways, I you know you, you know me. I'm just uh, incredibly pessimistic. The Grinch of the Miami Dolphins fan base. Like I, I, I was just like, okay, yeah, you guys won one last game. That's that's fine. But it's it was like I I told you guys when they had this streak. I I wasn't believing none of it. I stopped watching the games. I stopped watching the games, guys. I I truly did stop watching the games, and. When even yeah, they were eight and eight. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Or was it no? They were eight and seven. Or whatever. They were eight and seven. They were eight and seven. It's like that's fine. Whatever. I don't give a shit. They're, they're gonna they're gonna screw it up, and they did. 
They did. And now they want a, a final garbage time game against the Patriots in the final week. And the Patriots are still making the playoffs, which is really nothing new for the Dolphins. All right. The, the Miami Miracle. You all remember that? It didn't really matter. The Patriots still made the playoffs. The Dolphins didn't. So none of that mattered. None of this matters. But uh, it mattered enough to Stephen Ross, who I still am going to say he's going to die before the Dolphins even win a Super Bowl. Uh, he's uh, he fired Brian Flores. So, <laughs> so now the Dolphins got to do this again. He didn't fire the GM because... Stephen Ross doesn't yes. like doesn't like yeah that that's that's probably a thing too and he doesn't like apparently doesn't like firing the GM and the coach at the same time so he leaves somebody else with the dirty laundry from the last person uh, and then they got to clean up that mess so I, I actually like Brian Flores as the coach um, yeah you can pin some of the blame on him for how things go but I still plan, pin a lot of the blame on the players for sucking ass. When they were one and seven, so, and uh, you know that's what went down, and that's a bad, bad thing. We've defended Brian Flores. I've defended Brian, yeah. Brian Flores. I've been on the show for three years. I thought he was a good hire. Originally, I was impressed. He took a very deficient roster and mm-hmm. went six and ten that first season. That was the Ryan Fitzpatrick bridge so, season. Yeah, and then they go ten and six, and this year. A lot of the failures came from lack of drafting. I don't think you really needed the Jalen Waddle yeah. when you needed like a Najee Harris. The wide receiver um, yeah. prop that was available in the draft was still there. You didn't have to pay Byron Jones and Xavier Howard all that money to kind of like still not be in hell, but make your very known. To and be they still sucked for the first half of the season. So you yeah, paid him known for, to be owner who is cheap as it is. Um, well, he's not cheap. Not want to go. Yeah, he's not cheap. But it's like, but the thing is, he always feels kind of like every few sperm big free agent spendings, and he's just kind of like very half behind. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I think know. of Dominic Sue. I think of these guys. Um, and <sighs> so you mean to tell me that a guy who goes nine and eight, who is already set up to interview for Chicago, first first back to back. Uh, winning seasons, even though there's mm-hmm. one extra week, uh, for the Dolphins since like the early 2000s or something like that. So like, the guy who made no comment about trading for Deshaun all, who was all about the truth, he wasn't against. Patriots, he was against it, so that's probably it. That's part of the reason he got fired. He was against that. I mean, that's my theory. And I guess Tua doesn't like him, but Tua sucks as a quarterback anyway. So you know. You see, and I, I can't give into drama or belief of drama when it comes to a guy who's only been in the league for two years. Is it so much that Tua doesn't like him, or it was Tua just trying to figure out how to figure out his skill set mm. to be better? Because Tua, at best, is you don't know what you're getting in that sense. Are you a bridge quarterback? Are you a starter? You're not a $100 million guy at this time. I, I think what had happened was this was a wash for Tua anyway because he was injured for those games, yeah. for the ribs and everything. And then – there were games that were big question marks where for some reason this is on Flores. So this mm-hmm. is where maybe you get some of the fences that um, he would bring in Jacoby Brissett for certain plays, but it's yeah. like to throw the ball deep. But I think Nick Saban doesn't coach weak-minded people. I, I think that's how I'm going to give mm-hmm. the Bama tie-in, except almost his name is Henry Ruggs too soon. I'm sorry. Um, but Tua, especially in that kind of light, in that position, what he had meant and legacy-wise, I don't see it. I just think 
my theory, as y'all know, is that Ross but, initially wanted. I mean, you could, yeah, you could say. No. When was the last time Nick Saban produced an actual good quarterback? I mean, like, I'm not even oh. counting Mac Jones yet. I'm not counting him yet. This, so. But the thing is, you have two. You have two Bama quarterbacks who are in the playoffs: Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. Keeping in mind, not counting the Oklahoma stint that he had. So, the idea is that he he's not producing Greg McElroy's or um, AJ McCarron's now. You are getting high-end guys, oh, and okay. you did win with Tua. You won with Tua last year. You won with Tua this year. Half so was Ryan there. <laughs> and half was Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the other components were that too. So I think what happened was I really felt that Watson was the big, sexy number, and then I think there was that internal struggle. And this is all speculation. There's nothing there because the dirt sheets tell you that Watson wanted to play for Flores, which makes no sense to me because they never crossed paths, right? But yeah. – we were only given the information that we're given, but it's one of those things where we talked about. We're like, mm, it seems more likely that Stephen Ross wanted everybody on board with him, and that Greer and him were not on the same page with Flores, and that's why he's out. Yeah. Okay. All right. So enough of this. Enough of this. this How do you feel shit. about it? Leave us with that thought. Uh. Because who do you get now? There's not really the sexy guys. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, what, what's the point of doing this? So what's what's the point? Eric Bieniemy is the yeah. only one. Let's get Bill O'Brien in here. That'll bring Deshaun over here. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough of this. Enough of this shitty team. Uh, let's go to an actual good team. All right. So the Titans. Number one seed in the. Let's go. Number one seed in the AFC. Twelve and five. Ooh. Beat the Texans. Ooh, can I? Let's go. Can I take that let's, range? Let's get in. Let's, let's, do let's do this. So we went. We went. No one wants to call us a Super Bowl contender, understandably so. No one wants to give us the love, understandably so. No one's going to even cast a vote except for one guy for Mike Vrabel for Coach of the Year because it's not the sexy pick because all this stuff is rigged. But you know what's not rigged? Tennessee, man. We, we won some, we lost some. We yeah. played everything. You, you know what was rigged? When y'all try to get Seattle to win that game, refs, and guess what happened? You got cursed, <laughs> 7 and 10. You know what's not rigged? Us knowing that we could be the best team out of everybody. We're not fraudulent. The Buffalo Bills are fraudulent, beat them. Kansas City Chiefs, they're fraudulent, we beat them. The Indianapolis Colts, where all my people were saying, Oh, Judge Taylor, he's the true MVP. I'm like, shush, child, because if Derrick Henry was fully healthy... That man would be the true MVP. Forget Aaron Rodgers. Forget Tom Brady. Yeah. But I told you, yeah, they, they got here. This this thing. The Titans are the first. Uh, uh, let's see. The Titans are the first. Uh, are the fifth team in the last twenty five seasons to finish as the number one seed without a one thousand yard rusher or receiver. But of course, if Henry was healthy, that would have been you know easy. Well, so, keeping in mind, and three of the previous four won the Super Bowl. When that happened. Yeah, so. and keeping keeping in mind that he was only seventy yards away from getting a thousand yards when he went down a week eight. Yeah. But enough about rigged. Let me tell you what is rigged. Destiny. And Destiny has given us all these golds on a platter because we get that by. We beat all the right teams. No one wants to acknowledge us as a true number one. Sure. Considering the fact that every we have the same record as the other number one seed over in Green Bay. So 
believe what you want. And we beat Kansas City, so we're sorry that we're not that sexy, but can we beat them in the playoffs? I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about that. Mm. But everything is come up daisies because now are we really the team that you want to play in the playoffs? Where if we get Henry back, we're not going to give him 40 yards or 40 Kennedy's game, but that's what Deontay Foreman's for. So they're going to kind of go for the same thing. Julio Jones had like 60 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Brown's healthy. I, I want this. I love this because I think if we win, we go against what the Patrick Mahomes teams, the, the Houston Texans of their time, the – the Green Bay Packers telling you that you needed the most elite team, whereas we gave you a complete team. And yes, you laughed at us because we lost to the Texans. You laughed at us because we lost to the Jets. Okay. And because we beat everybody else that was supposed to be up. We beat San Francisco. We The only team I think that we lost to that was in the playoffs, is legitimately in the playoffs, is the Cardinals. And guess what, buddy? Humble Pie, that old thing that we used to do on this segment of the show, is coming to all the people who thought I was crazy saying that Zona wasn't good. Anywho, hmm. it feels good, boys, because it feels earned. And you know what this means. We're going to go down the first round. <laughs> oh, God. Well, no, you're guaranteed into the second round because you're number one seed, so... <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna get knocked down to the divisional. Yeah. I already understand this, and I accept it. I, I'm okay with it, but it feels good, and it feels different than 2009. For a flashback, 2009 is where we went to the number one seed with Kerry Collins and um, Chris Johnson, yeah, as our big ones, and Lindale White chilling in the corner doing tequila shots. So this feels better because it's a better coach. This is not Jeff Fisher. This is Mike Vrabel, who is adaptable. I still have concerns about Tad Downing, but I don't even know who our opponents are. And to me, oh, happy day for us is the fact that we're not going to see the team that scared the legitimate crap out of me if they got into the playoffs. And that was Baltimore. I was terrified about getting mm. them because beef. they got it. I'm not the beef. Yeah, I'm not scared about Pittsburgh, which was the other team that we lost to. Um, but that's when we played them when we were super deficient, where we didn't have AJ Brown and. Um, Julio Jones or Derrick Henry. That's who we played with the Steelers, and we lost by six points. I Am I concerned about Kansas City? I think y'all should be concerned about Kansas City because look what happened to them. They couldn't beat certain teams, and they couldn't get done. And what happens if you don't have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Am I concerned about all the other teams? So, so you, guys, you guys will play the winner of either Cincinnati or Vegas. So that's, yeah. that's who you're, you, you got to anticipate coming I, I don't want none of those Patriots, though. I'm just telling that right now. Okay. Just, don't give that to me. <laughs> but it feels good. It, ooh, y'all going to get it now because it's home field advantage. If it's going to be snowy season in Nashville, we run the ball. We have reliable pass catchers. Who do we match up with? And part of me, and one of my best friends is a Bills fan, but part of me wants the Bills because y'all still ride in that dick <laughs> for some reason, whatever that might be. When, you know, poor Josh Allen has to literally do everything and anything. But this feels good because we've had the one seed before. And I knew that stuff was fraudulent back then. Because why? Jeff Fisher was coaching. It yeah. feels different with Rabel. Rabel should get um, coached your stuff. Now that he got the one seed, considering the fact that he did not have his core component of guys for the majority of the seasons. It probably isn't going to go to him. They'll probably give it to, you know, either... Belichick. I, I would actually say Sirianni, but you know, I think that's just because whoever coaches Philadelphia, I bet watch everybody like that. <laughs> yeah, but I, and look, I can get that too, even though they never beat anybody five hundred. But this is good, and it also goes to show that when you're actually consistent, 
this is the big message. Teams should hate us, not because we're the one seed. They should hate us because our ownership, especially after um, Bud Adams' death, had a clear vision of what they want to build. They had a GM who had a clear vision of what he wanted to build and what he wanted to do. And they hired a coach who had a clear vision of what they want to do, being nine and sevens, but going to blast. Because remember, we made, or John Robinson made the clear distinction to be like, hey, Mike Malarkey, nah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not going to keep you, even though you won a playoff game against the mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs back then. They're not, they made the decision to say, hey, Marcus Mariota, nah, you're good and talented, but we don't believe in multiple. You get second chances in life, and I think that's fine, but you can't get fourth and fifth chances. They said, hey, running backs, we're going to let you guys go. And they scouted, well, we're, we're the well-oiled machine. This window will only be open, I would say, for another three years because at some point um, you have some big-ass holes that you have to do. Mm-hmm. We said, hey, Corey Davis, nah, we're going to let you go to um, the Jets and you handle it wherever you have to handle it on. And then we balked on um, Julio Jones. I told you, Julio Jones was not for the season. Julio Jones was for the playoffs. But hate us because of the fact that we actually should be what all you other people strive for. We don't have the sexy picks. We didn't get the sexy backyard quarterback who came from a spread system and, you know, is a Keebler elf. We didn't come from being the sexy BYU quarterback that didn't play anybody, but you love it. We didn't get anybody from Clemson. I love it. I know I won the super duper rant on it. I apologize Mm. for taking up the time, but it feels good because no one even feels like we should be a one seed, but I'm like, but it's not like college football where there's real politics at play. And that is truly rigged or the NBA draft where it's truly rigged. Mm. We actually did it, man. So he's nuts. That's my 15 year old. (laughs) Okay. All right. And all right, let's, let's go to the other, other playoff teams here. So uh, Tennessee, yes, number one. Uh, we got the wild card weekend. We got the Vegas Raiders versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, so let's – let's the Raiders? Yeah, l- let's talk about this. All right, so the Bengals, we already talked about them. They won the North, all that stuff. But uh, the, the, final, the final, final game of the regular season between the Chargers and the Raiders. And I am sad that nobody decided to tie cowards exactly right they should you know and nhl teams you know when they're when they're tied in regulation and it looks like they're and they got the last couple of seconds and it's like they, the other team's got the puck on their own end and they, it's like okay let's just hold it right now and we'll just we'll go into overtime let's 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 get point you know and it seemed like that could be the thing but apparently they both teams decided to actually try Leaving the Chargers and the Raiders to 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 play the game, although the universe could have given us a treat in having them tie with them actually trying to win the game. It almost happened, and people were hoping and praying it would happen. Unfortunately, it didn't. The Raiders won in overtime, but it was an interesting final game. It was an interesting final game because of all those things. Of course, they could have realistically just kneeled for the entire game. And I, I, I was, I mean, could you imagine, could you imagine the amount of, of, of talk about that? They could have done something great. There would have been a new rule. They would have made a new rule in the rule book if that had happened, you know? 
if both teams intentionally tied the game, just kind of colluded together before, and so like, you know what, guys, I'm just gonna kneel. It's like, all right, we're gonna kneel too, all right? Do a, gen- a, g- a gentleman's handshake agreement right there, and then go. And the people who paid to watch that game, like, I wouldn't even boo it. Would you, if you were in attendance for a kneel, like a an entire game where they just kneeled to a tie, like. That, 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 Only if I was that one Pittsburgh fan who somehow, some way, happened to be <laughs> Raiders Chargers game, which was so weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. because they did have a close up of somebody. I think that was a plant. <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. The 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 one fan there. It, it would have been amazing. They they could have they could have treated it like a soccer match where they're just cheering and chanting and and drinking, and just going crazy. And it's Vegas. It's Vegas. It would have been a, a huge party atmosphere, I think, between uh, whatever Chargers fans made it over there and, and the Raiders fans there. Like that, that would have been something special, something special. And then the commissioner would have to talk afterwards, be like, "We don't accept, we we don't uh, we don't approve of the whatever." But uh, there is nothing against the rule book. But we assure you, uh, come oh. come this off season, we're gonna deal with it you know that that would have been amazing all right Stephen a smith would have yelled it would have made them also have to do a simple solution well if you hate ties guess what that means there's no ties anymore and we're gonna yeah and we're just there shouldn't even be ties now that you have an 18 game season it could have forced the nfl to maybe even adopt the college football's overtime strategy like that 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 could have been a thing that could or it could be like a, a field goal shootout i'd love to see that i'd love to see a field goal shootout yeah, uh, I think. Awesome. Yeah, like you know, they just okay start from twenty yards. Okay, you made those. Okay, then thirty. Okay, you made those. Then forty, <laughs> and then fifty, and let's see if they can make them. You know, and we go from there. Uh, that that I, I'd go for a field goal shootout. Anyways, so the teams tried. The Chargers lost. The Chargers are out of the playoffs, which means the Pittsburgh Steelers make it who did actually tie during the season. So Ben Roethlisberger's career is not over yet. It continues. So that's yeah. going to be happening. for. But he plays yeah. the Chiefs. Watch him win them all. Oh, God. Oh, God. And the, and Miller's look. going to Super Bowl. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's the one thing I do want to see, Andrew, is it Yinzer mode activated. I do want to oh, see I that. I do want to see that for 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 one final time at least. They don't have to win the Super Bowl, but at least get there. That that'd be funny. That'd be funny to me. Uh, but they played the Chiefs, which is going to be incredibly difficult unless the Chiefs uh, underestimate the Steelers, who somehow, some way, sometimes wins games ugly. And or, I don't know something about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, somehow he's 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 lucky, man. He's lucky, you know. He wins Super Bowls, gets away with uh, assault allegations. You know, I don't know. That's <laughs> where a problem problem headache whiteouts. Mm. Not one yeah. but two but three. Yep. So, all right. So that's those those two matchups we talked about. That all right, and then of course the Bills and the Patriots. So oh, I love the fact I do that like there's this. Like not one but two rivalry games yeah, in the playoffs because like it's them and it's also the uh, Cardinals and the Rams. I do like this. I, I feel like, uh, oh man, could you imagine the devastation 
if the Patriots beat the Bills? Oh my God! I have half a chump. Just <laughs> I have never been so pro New England Patriots <laughs> in my life. Right now, because is... imagine what it says if one year it's Brady who wins it, and then next year it's Bill. It's it's surprising that this season was. It's like the first time in since since I guess two thousand and one that I I like. I'm like you know what the. The Patriots, I like this team. I, I like them, all right? Look at this scrappy this, this scrappy quarterback and look at this Bill, Belichick guy, you know? It's it just like, like I, I, I feel like I like them now, okay? And I would love... They have Matthew Judon. They have Matthew Judon. Yeah, Mr. that's anti, true. Uh, I forgot what he was. Hey, mac and cheese. Mr. Yeah. Anti-Mac and Cheese. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I, I feel like... I really want the Patriots to win this because I just want Buffalo to implode. Just Jeez. absolutely implode because they've been lording over this division and they, they no they've made themselves known, okay? You would think that they'd be a little more humble after the basically two decades of the Patriots dominating all that stuff. But man, they they have not been humble at all and it's going to be great. really hard. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, it'd be nice to see them lose, okay? And then they'll just be left with the Sabres, which is a fate worse than, than death, I think. So, <laughs> all right, the NFC. Aaron Rodgers, Charles's boy. <laughs> Number one seed in the NFC. So, they're, they're going to be they, sitting out for they, one week. Huh? Oh, well, all right. So according to the bracket, the Packers would match up against either the Rams or the Cardinals. Mm. So, mm. yes. I, that's like my literal hell, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the, the the petty bowl, as, as you would Oh, my God, well. yeah. The only yeah. equivalent would be if it was Ross and them. Yeah. So... The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles Rams, who had the Rams were already in the playoffs. They already won their division. That that's you know, we got a rivalry game between those two, so that that will be pretty fun to see. But it's a Monday game too. Yeah, but we, the, it, it was also the fact that we've got the the Rams had a chance of uh, ruining the 49ers' day, and yet they didn't. The 49ers found a way and they have made the playoffs but they will be playing off against the dallas cowboys so we got another this is also in a sense a rivalry yeah it's it's been a long time it's been a long time right this is this is some 90s stuff right here so this is actually nice to see a, a nice classic rivalry 49ers and cowboys it's not for nfc stakes but well not like nfc championship stakes but it is something that we haven't seen in a long long time so we'll see how that goes down right this is this is uh this is really interesting we'll see if the cowboys can actually do something this time <laughs> and they're coming in hurting because there's no yep. michael gallup that's true the running backs are kind of injured as well Mari Cooper, yeah, I love Amari. I, I actually think he's one of the Christmas route runners, but I think people have unrealistic expectations for him. So it's him on CD Lamb, and then it's up to Dak. 
And yeah. here's the thing. The Niners were my NFC represents when I made my predictions because originally mm-hmm. I said Baltimore-San Francisco part two, but everybody got hurt in Baltimore. Yeah. And I, I think if all things work into the favor of San Francisco, that's a scary team because, yes, Garoppolo is not your top five, you know, top five, top ten guy, but he's competent, you know, no matter what kind of injury he has. And they have running backs and they have yeah. great wideouts and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, and then they have George Kittle. The Kit Kat bar will break you apart. Yeah. So, yeah, the Cowboys, it'll be interesting if they, they can – kind of put this in because the, the 49ers showed that they've got some fight in them they didn't just lay down and just um, the Rams are also kind of soft yeah well, they can't play physical teams so you got that with a a Cowboys team that is banged up and there's a chance the 49ers could do something there's a chance a small chance but it's a chance and of course the, the rivalry and historic aspects maybe that'll get their uh, get them going before the game starts all right okay so you got that and then of course the, the final matchup we got tampa bay versus philadelphia don't think anybody gives yeah. the eagles a chance so that, that looks like a easy win for the bucks and they'll play whoever wins between dallas and san francisco and of course between buffalo and new england it'll be whoever wins casey and pittsburgh so that's that's the NFL, that's it. That's we're 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 done. the The season is over. And uh, oh yeah, who who? Uh, let's see. Uh, and and finally, uh, the most prestigious award, um, the worst team in the league, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everybody, they but did. Are they? <laughs> well, but are they? Oh uh, well, they they came. Uh, and the Dolphins, they beat the Dolphins. They won three games, right? So, how, how the hell did they beat? Let me let me see. They won. They oh, they beat the. Let's see. They beat. Colts. They beat they the Colts, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Colts. Yeah, the final game of the season. Because what I find like absolutely incredible hmm. is that, despite, uh, they. St- Still got the number one pick despite the huge upset. <laughs> Detroit, Detroit wanting to beat the Packers yeah. is what led to it. Yeah, that tie. It, that tie. well, here's the thing, guys. It's very similar to when the Titans had consecutive number one picks because we had the um, Mark, Marcus Mariota draft where I don't think we had mm-hmm. number one, but we had number two, and then we had number one for the next year, and we just trade up to give Philly Carson Wentz. So. Jacksonville, it's a genius thing because they could just trade down if they needed to and really build on that stuff. Or they could spend money, but Chacon's just bad at hiring people. Yeah. So. But the worst team in the NFL is, without a doubt, the man who just got fired today's former team, the New York Giants. <laughs> That's Their true. judge is gone. Yeah. And when you spend all that money, well, they spend some money, all the money, but when you spend money and they didn't give you much into it, and you, you couldn't do anything. And then Mike Lennon, that Mike Lennon, hmm. was your your starting quarterback for the majority of the season. I would say going four and, what, 14 or 13, whatever the hell the numbers are. And the Jaguars going three or 14. At least there was real people. And you know what? The Jaguars kept me more invested in your, this year than the Giants did. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Final, yeah, final note. Coaches fired. Yeah, Joe Judge out of the New York Giants. Uh, Mike Zimmer from Minnesota. That's super understandable. 
Uh, Matt Nagy for the Bears. And, of course, Brian Flores for the Dolphins. Mm. He's going to be the Bears' new coach. Yeah, it seems that way. But, uh, yeah. And then, of course, uh, Dave Guttelman resigned for the as the GM of the Giants. So things are going great out in New York. All right. Uh, so, yeah, both – yeah, the Minnesota Vikings are, are also um, completely uh, cutting loose. Everybody, head coach and their GM, are gone as well. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, and the Broncos, right? They, they fired their coach too. Yeah, they fired yeah. Big Fangio. Yeah. He'll, he'll get hired. You know, he's either going to be that – coordinator immediately or i can i can honestly see like new york taking him and be like listen all denver ever wants to do is find like john elway's successor we've had a man in here before we realize they're not that great mm. we think you could be the team with better structure i wouldn't be surprised yeah so there we go that's it all right and that kind of lead that perfectly leads us off into our midway segment it is a word from our non-sponsors, people, places, things, concepts, what have you, that we have been enjoying over the last week. I'm going to start, guys, because I, uh, I was harping on this, and I think Andrew knows where I'm going with this because I was harping on it with him before. My, my non-sponsor is a game called Hypnospace Outlaw. Say that five times fast. <laughs> so, Hypnospace Outlaw is, is a... Uh, they have it here as an internet simulation game. It's on Switch. It's on Xbox. It's on PlayStation. And it's on PC. It was out in early access a while ago. A lot of people kind of caught on to it. And it made, a, uh, I think, last year a full release, finally, on, on the consoles. So it is... It is surreal. Hello. I'm Jay Tholen, it's, lead designer at Tender. It literally is a 1990s intro game. You guys remember is coming to Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One and PC. Hypnospace Outlaw is an internet simulator set inside a computer system in an alternate history 1999. Enjoy this peek into the dawns of a new remake of Computer Colors and. Music coming out of your your PC uh, speakers, uh, uh, Yahoo Messenger, that type of stuff, AOL Messenger, Aim, Rebecca, all that here. stuff. Early early Napster, well, got it all here with Hypnospace out. It's, it's it's such a fun fresh thing. You are a moderator. Reality 1999, right around before the Y2K stuff happens, where you are tasked with looking at these fan pages or just people putting up their their internet GeoCities pages. And we're thrilled to reveal new content of the power of the band here, Space Plus, which will launch along for violations of the terms of service. Copyright infringements. I think it was, they had an acronym for it. I think it was CHIME. Copyright infringement, harassment. I forgot what I stood for. Uh, I think malicious uh, like content, malware, that type of stuff. 
Um, I think I had to do with like um, with like distributing like uh, porn or stuff like that. And then I think E was like extra extra legal commerce, you know, where they were just they had their own currency to try and I don't know steal people's money or whatever that type of stuff. So. Uh, maybe early crypto type of stuff so that was that that's it so whenever you see that you bring down the ban hammer you can flag users you can try and get them uh, removed from the from the service and there's an overarching storyline above that as well where some sketchy stuff is happening in the background and it's all based on like vr in a sense but this is where you use the internet while you're sleeping so that's the whole thing and there's a lot of i guess moral issues regarding that so that's that that's the game it is uh and i love how they've designed their website to kind of sort of be like and an old uh they even have like the the visitor count on the bottom there how many people have visited the website so it's it's that and honestly this game made me feel something at the end of it uh, it's about you'll get about depending on how deep you want to you want to play this game you can get about six to ten hours out of this six to ten hours the websites are meticulously made there's like you, you're basically like a detective in a sense you got to make connections to try and solve find the answers uh to try and you're assigned uh, cases to try and uh, throw down the bad hammer on people and uh i was thoroughly thoroughly surprised but thoroughly very happy i, I played this on my pc uh, through game pass and i'm glad i did so this this was this made for a great weekend game so Hypnospace Outlaw, it's 20 bucks right now, and it's on Game Pass if you have that. Promo code GeoCities. All right. I guess I'll go. Okay. Um, so this is me doing my ultimate lawyer move and acknowledging something that I won't acknowledge. But because I have to give credit to it, but because I'm right. So this is how we call sucker fishing something in there. It's kind of like how bills are made. So there is a particular game I've been playing. But we know I cannot put it as yeah, um, yeah, yeah. my non-sponsor. Mm. So however, my non-sponsor for this week is my PlayStation 5, oh, which okay. I haven't done. So on the PlayStation 5, it is really just a step ahead into the future. I have... I got it in August. It is just, it's just enjoyable. You have the haptic feedback to the controllers. You have the ability with an SSD drive, which I also got an upgrade storage. So that's the shout out to Western Digital for going on sale at Best Buy, which we usually get ourselves. So I was able to get a one SSD or one terabyte SSD drive internally to ex to kind of expand on the memory. Um, really pushing limbs to 4K hide rendering. So if you have an HDR television, 4K and OLED, which one day I will procure, you're going to see some beautiful games. And the backwards compatibility is great for the PS4. You can play those PS4 games, have an external hard drive. Introducing the PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 5 digital edition consoles. 
a huge leap forward in the evolution of gaming from PlayStation. Get to the action lightning fast with an ultra high speed SSD. Immerse yourself in adventure with support for haptic feedback. Adaptive triggers and 3D audio technology with compatible headphones. Explore an all-new lineup of incredible games. Unleash new gaming possibilities that you never anticipated with PlayStation 5. Such as Resident Evil Village, which I've done non-sponsored. Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I've done as non-sponsored. I did the Horizon DLC during Christmas break because guess what's coming out next month, guys? Horizon. Uh, Forbidden West, and it looks beautiful. Like, holy crap, I've actually seen some gameplay footage. I'm like, holy crap, this is actually beautiful. I can't wait to play it. Black Friday, I got a slew of games on there. I have played Crash Bandicoot, my PS4 game on it. So many games coming to PC or right now. Horizon's on there. God of War's coming out this month. Yeah, and you know, sometimes Sony Basic Studios, like Sony First Party Publisher Studios, give you games that are just absolutely beautiful that actually push the power of technology even this early on because it's been crafted, such as a game made by Housemark or Marquee called Returnal. Exploration. Very frustrating game. I'm addicted to it, and then I love it, and then I hate it. It is toxic because we're bad for each other. But it's basically right now. There she is. Haunting me, but uh, that's me giving me a shout out because I've enjoyed it. But then dying at the very beginning, having to go back. And I played Ducktales Remastered on hard mode, very similar. And the rage when I divide an hour and a half of my time going back to the boss, having to go through the first biome and then back to biome three, and I've always come so close. But you get like a resurrection and ability to come back. But I, I do a mini boss and then I'm discover. Um, very interested. Can't wait for Forbidden West. Definitely can't wait for God of War 2. That's really like why I need a PS5. Remember, I didn't procure my PS5. I didn't my friend to like, I deserve one for So let's do this. We're going to be playing Madden on now. We finally put to bed our old Madden franchise from Madden 20 after 300 plus hours. And we did a fun final go away for this last uh, season of Madden franchise. We just advanced everything by like 10 years. So there was a whole bunch of dudes that we didn't know and, you know, I whooped them. So it was great. Um, so, Sony, you've done well. I've had all your consoles. The PS3 is not my favorite. I mean, probably was the PS2, the PS4 is one, but I'm enjoying what the future could be for the PS5. Um, you know, it, it's fun. There's going to be games. I don't love God of War. Y'all know I love my Norse mythology as it is. I don't play the Ratchet and Clank series, but I should. And if you get a PS5, you get um, three 20 PS4 games, including the original Ratchet and Clank. And look, I'm not doing this as a, as a component of Xbox versus PS5 versus Switch. I love them all. I will probably get an Xbox One. When they're when I really need it, I do want to play Halo Infinite. Fine, even though I don't get the whole free to play option. But I have enjoyed my PS5 now. Right now, we're playing the Switch because I'm hurt by a certain video game, a certain main character who I have a toxic relationship with. But we can we can get better. We can overcome this. You can fix me. You can make me be a better man, you, Celine. You can make me a smarter player. I promise you. Not me looking at damn walkthroughs to just kind of beat a boss, damn it. So here's the thing about Returnal Boys. So this is like me getting the sucker fishing because I can't give the hype because of how angry it gets, but I'm gonna give it some. So each run is randomly generated. So there is no linear progression of like where you start in level to the boss. So there's things that you meet right off the bat that you don't want to meet immediately. And then they might come in the middle of the next time that you died. I've died only like three times in that biome, but that's about seven hours or six hours because you have the course of the first one. But PS5, very fun, has great games that you'll love, like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and then it'll, like also Resident Evil Village. 
And then it has game and Deathloop. How do we forget about Deathloop, which was a non-sponsor as well? And then how the games that make you question your existence, like Returnal, where not me who lost and was quiet for 30 minutes, I was folding laundry after I died. And uh, promo code Celine. Hmm. Okay. That's yeah. That seems to be the theme over the course of the chat over this past weekend. Was, so, do you uh, remember Dewey Cox walk hard when every time he walks in and Tim Meadows is like, uh, Dewey, you don't want none of this? I, I that was literally me uh, at that game. I, oh, you don't? I'll send you the link and then uh, you guys will get it. Okay. Yeah. Is it, it's like a roguelike, right? It's a, is that what it is? It's, a, it's like about? a roguelike bullet hell shooter. Oh, God. And But it's, it's the atmosphere and it's the environment that's so engrossing. It's I keep thinking like, I like roguelikes and I just, I recently just. And then just you don't qu- like roguelikes. I quit. I <laughs> I quit on. I was telling. I was playing this 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 puzzle. It, it was a it's a it was a match three puzzle, uh, steampunk, uh, RPG, uh, turn based RPG game, whatever. With like these these like walking tanks, where you basically solve the puzzle. And I, I was having a good time, but I just kept dying so easily. I got to the final boss, which is basically it's only like ten battles, but man, is it hard! And I was just like, you know, I I, I give up. I give up. So, like, I'm done. I spent 10 here, hours on that. Here's the thing about this game, and this will be my final shout to Returnal, is that I have not had a game that had my adrenaline actually going mm. like that in such a long time. And I have not had a game where I literally, it felt like I had just been a Sophie's Choice situation and saw my own child getting massacred in front of me, and I have to go back into it. Um, I hate Unbelievable! Inconceivable! See myself as barely reasonable! Yeah. But at times I can be stopping, so if I have to, I will rock the boat! So, House Mark, I don't know if you're listening, but I'm pretty god mode. Like, AD is a love of guys. Right on sponsor wow. is Kingdom Hearts. Oh yes, give it to me. I think I did three, so that yeah, might be one of came Ch- Charles did do three, but yes, go ahead, Andrew, because you you. Uh... Well, mine is different because it's Kingdom Hearts one. Yeah. Oh, here we you go. Can, we can give we can give all of the King Hearts. I got time for that. Okay. Very um, gaming theme the entire way. So, I a friend of mine had this game when it first came out in 2002. And you know, I he was a lot older. He's he was like in high school when I was in elementary school. Um, but we were next door neighbors. Our fa- uh, families were friends. Um, so I sat alongside him while he played. So I kind of followed along. And I thought it was from my little understanding of it. I thought it seemed like a good game. Seemed fun. And. You know, eventually, you know, we parted as friendships happen. 
And, you know, I never, I never truly played the game. I just sat near him as he played it. And it always kind of tugged at me at the back of my mind. You should finish that game. It seemed good. You should play that game. And I kept saying, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Eventually, uh, last month, I pulled the trigger and got it. Uh, I got the the 1.5 and 2.5 combo, um, which I don't quite 100% understand what that is. I think it's just... N- nobody understands anything about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I can explain it to you. <laughs> all right. It's that you get let's, all the other side stuff in between. Let's, let's, let's uh, dedicate an hour to explain the story. <laughs> so... I started playing it, and it the nostalgia just kicks back in. Um, and it as I as I told the guys, this is it harkens back to a time when Disney was less evil. That's true. You know, as Remember, Disney Disney around the world. Darkness is our foe. Would that we could be rid of it. You, you must know, destroy I, it. I never thought I would Push say the this. Push the darkness down. Give it but no Disney order under Michael in your heart. Go forth, Sora, Disney under Goofy. Everyone is waiting. Really pushed more into a key that opens the hearts of entire worlds and allows one you know, to obtain anything Eisner, and everything. I mean, yes, they they still they were a part of all of Know this: the heart that is yes, strong and true shall win the Keyblade. But they Thank were you. less. Kingdom Hearts, fill me with the power of darkness. <laughs> Rough, rough, Those uh, creatures that attack you are after the yeah. Keyblade. Uh, but it's your heart they really want. You think you can defeat me? The you know, truth! One of my favorite things. I know now. Without a doubt, Kingdom Hearts is like... Crust those guys. Sports personality. And... Go there. A lot of fun. And, you know, you had They'll pay for this. the best existence possible, a lot of original rides untouched. You know, there are some old rides like Horizons at Epcot, and disclaimer, a lot of what I'm, a lot of my hatred toward Disney goes toward how they've gutted Epcot, because that's my favorite park. Um... But Horizons had to go because it was built on top of a sinkhole that was starting to cave in. Um, you, you can't really do anything about that. But I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. I, I could do a whole rant on what has happened to Disney. But circling back, this was back when Disney was actually good. This was kind of the Part of before they went all corporate overlord. 
So you mean I've never played any of the Final Fantasy games, but supposedly, or from what I've looked up, the char- most of the non Disney the the non Disney characters are from Final Fantasy. But it's such a good game. I mean, it's hard, but it's not too hard. Uh, you've got a lot of these side missions, like finding the Dalmatians, finding the Trinities, uh, little mini games. You know, it's a lot of the games that I'm used to playing. Uh, I'm not counting sports games because really I either played sports games or like Halo. Um, you know, most of the non sports games I played is very linear. Um, and that kind of took me, kind of threw me for a loop initially when I was playing this because there is a storyline to it, but it's encouraged to kind of not follow it point to point to go around and, you know, do these little side quests. And that's not something I've ever done before in a video game. Uh, so that in and of itself is fun, but, you know, growing up in Orlando, going to Disney quite a bit, um, and I still love Disney. I, unlike the Jacksonville Jaguars, where I'm willing to give them up because they made a hell of a lot of bad decisions, I still have love for Disney, even though they've gone off the rails and I but I keep hoping that eventually they'll come back on the rails so seeing you know all these Disney characters that I love you know it's it's like a warm hug whenever I'm playing this game um so it's it's been a nice escape while I'm studying for the bar during COVID and generally just a really shitty year um couple of years um in general so it's you know i'm i'm glad that i finally decided to go and get the game um it was definitely worth it and i'm 27 hours into this thing supposedly you can finish it in like 12 but i'm I'm not going that route. I'm going to enjoy this and get it as complete as possible. Um, so yeah, if if anyone has not played Kingdom Hearts before, I'd highly recommend it. Um, even if you know, like I was, you never played a an RPG game or a what did you call it a JRPG? Yeah. Uh, what does the J stand for? Japanese. Oh. But also you're prepping for like a hundred hour um you know game time coming into it. So I mean, yeah, that's really all I've got to say, but Kingdom Hearts, amazing game. I couldn't recommend it enough. Um promo code Keyblade. Okay. Yeah. I have yet to play any of the games of the series. But it is, uh, uh, yeah, that's 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 a lot. You now have a PS3, so I could technically get into it. But uh, gosh, that's that's a lot of time commitment to do that. 
<laughs> all right so a gaming themed one and i'm gonna see if if we're gonna be able to hear us and a lot of them with the trailers in the background because i forgot to mute that part so <laughs> <laughs> that's on me that's on me maybe your mics were loud enough to be on par with it but i don't think mine was but regardless well that's that's for me in post that's for me in post all right second half where uh, let me just rattle off just a, 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 a the nhl all-star game is is happening in vegas this year and uh, the coaches are set now this is the kind of the the the, the cutoff date for uh, whoever had the best record in each division uh andrew manette of the panthers yay gets to go uh, uh ron brittimore of the of the hurricanes is going for for the metro division uh bednar for the avalanche in the central division and peter DeBoer for the golden knights uh so home home team vegas is gonna be uh, doing that uh so there's that the three stars from last week gabriel landeskog for colorado he had a hat trick uh, as, as well as seven points over the course of the Week, uh, UC Saros of the Predators went 3-0, 954 save percentage, two goals against, and the Predators are now in first place in the Central Division. And Thomas Hurdle for the Sharks had uh, uh, two game-winning goals and six points over the course of the week with four goals there. So there is that. I have nothing about the NBA. I don't know what's happening. I have no idea what's going on for this past I week. have one thing to address on. Clay Thompson's back. Oh, yeah, so that's right. That was a big thing that happened. He's back, so that's great. The Warriors only need to get better, so that's that's what's going down. Okay, so that's we miss Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, of course I miss Jimmy, but his 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 tweet his uh his uh, Instagram presence and tweeting has been hilarious because he he's openly insulting his his fellow teammates, and it's great because there's a lot of love there. And, and that that's that's fantastic that's why i love him that's why i want to marry him so there's that and uh major league baseball the only thing is i know is that they're finally going to start talking to each other between the the owners and the players union so that's going to finally start but who knows i don't know what's going to happen there and that's it so that that's the rest of the other sports let's jump right into the college football playoff national championship i of course Put the distinction because Andrew will uh, crucify me if I don't have that distinction because it is the playoff national championship, not the only national championship. It's the only <laughs> national championship. <laughs> Anyways, that happened. That went down, and it was George Alabama again because, uh, God, right? Uh, well, and Georgia finally got over the hump. They finally beat their demons been 41 years so there we go andrew so that you were of course rcfb you were modding the entire event how how were things let's let's do a timeline thing how are things before the game how are things in the first quarter especially the first quarter <laughs> the second quarter third quarter fourth and then the aftermath let's go well it was relatively tame. I was expecting a lot worse, but it ended up actually being a pretty low-key affair. Um, there weren't a lot of fights, at least initially. 
uh, yeah, it was pretty chill. Um, admittedly, I wasn't in the the real guts of it, actually actively removing comments. I was setting, I was uh, handing out conventions and bans as needed. Um, so I didn't really see actively what was going on comment-wise on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, but we really didn't have that many particularly egregious comments. So um, that was pretty surprising considering the stakes of the game, the fact that they're both from the same conference. You know, this this had the makings of a very volatile game for fans, but it really didn't end up going that way, which was surprising. Um, the first half of the game was boring as hell. Um, it, it got a lot of people, uh, a lot of people were, were, were reminded of the 2011 national championship between Alabama and LSU. Um, they had played previously in the season um, because they're SEC West teams. They both ended up in the the conference. Uh, they both ended up in the national championship, and this was before the playoff, mind you, so it was just one and two. Um, in that game, God, what was the score of that one? No, sorry, it was the 2011 season, so the game was played in 2012. Um, that was 21 to 0. Um, with the exception of a touchdown scored by Alabama in the at 436 remaining in the fourth quarter, all of the points were by field goal yeah and it was 21 yeah. to zero in favor of alabama yeah this was uh yeah 2012 at the superdome so lsa technically had a home home field advantage and yeah uh alabama did win that with mainly field goals <laughs> that was like fun. It was so. I didn't watch that game. I just remember the the after because I wasn't really into college football at that point, at least compared to what I am now. Um, excuse me. Um, but yeah, from what I, from what I read, that game was just so boring. Um, Actually, SB Nation or Secret Base did a video on it as the worst uh, college football playoff game or BCS game. So, in this game, in yesterday's game, you had scoring summary the first 15 points combined were scored via field goal. Alabama kicked a field goal. Georgia kicked a field goal. Alabama kicked a field goal. Alabama kicked another field goal. Georgia kicked a field goal. 
so at the half, it was six to nine, nine to six. Nice. Nice. Um, finally, Georgia decided, someone decided to score a touchdown. That was Georgia. They did that with a minute 20 remaining in the third quarter. So you had nearly 14 minutes of no scoring, just punt, 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 punt. Um, finally, they scored. And the crazy thing is, both teams broke out some pretty big plays. You know, huge passes, huge runs. And everyone was thinking, or at least I was thinking, I'm sure I was not alone. It's like, finally, is someone going to score a touchdown here? I mean, my God. Um, but no, each time the, def the defense on both sides stood uh, stood strong and, and just held the other team to a field goal. Um, but once that touchdown happened, then everything started to happen quicker. And that's when the game started to get interesting and a lot of people started to tune in. Um, and bear in mind, this was still the second least watched national championship game um cfp national championship game behind last year's game um it's it's about uh, really ultimately it's just down to alabama fatigue well alabama fatigue to a certain extent but also sec fatigue because i think this is the fourth straight uh, fourth straight time that the SEC has won the championship. Let me mm. look. And the last one was was it Ohio State was the last team to. So yeah, yeah, so it was Georgia. Uh, no, third straight. I apologize. So it was Georgia this year, Alabama last year, LSU the year prior. But when you look at the whole thing, going back to the first one, which was the 2014 season. The national championship has involved an, an SEC team, at least one SEC team, one, two, three, four, five, seven of the eight years have had an SEC team. The only one that didn't was the first one in 2014 between Oregon and Ohio State. Since then, Alabama has been to one, two, three, four, six of the seven the only one they didn't go to was in 2019, which was when LSU went, which LSU beat Alabama in an upset to go. So Alabama has been in just about every single one of these and is tied to the last seven in some way. And this is also a prior matchup. Alabama faced Georgia in the 2017 season, which Alabama won on a walk-off touchdown in overtime. But even worse than that one, because in its own way it was worse, because Alabama didn't even go to the conference championship game, let alone win their conference, and they still made it in. But this time it was 
a rematch of the SEC championship game, which happened 30 some days ago. Um, it was like just a, a hair over a month ago that these teams played each other in Atlanta for the SEC championship. So there's a lot of just for the love of God, can someone else not just play in this thing, but win. Um, but I don't know. I mean, FCC is is legitimately the best conference in the league uh, in the in college football. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it's still very fatigue. Uh, just having the same teams over and over and over and over again. Um, but anywho, so once you get to the fourth quarter, that's when things start to get interesting. Um, to start the fourth quarter, um, Alabama kicks a field goal. Um, but then Alabama gets a touchdown. Then Georgia gets a touchdown. Then Georgia gets another touchdown. So bam, bam, bam. In a span of seven game minutes, roughly, you had three touchdowns. When you went the entire, you went 45, about 50 minutes or uh, no, 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 no. They're like 44 minutes prior to that with no touchdowns. So that's when things start to get interesting. And so it's 13-12 after Alabama kicks the field goal to start the fourth. But then Alabama takes the lead, 18-13. And everyone's like, all right, here we go. Here comes the inevitable... Alabama comeback. Um, Georgia was able to stop the two-point conversion attempt. So instead of Georgia having to score uh, to score a touchdown and extra point just to tie, they just needed a touchdown. A, uh, they just needed. Uh, a touchdown, no conversion, extra point to take the lead. Um, then Georgia, they got their touchdown via a 40-yard touchdown pass, mind you, which was another one of those big plays, and finally one of them went for a score. Um, they tried their own two-point because that would have made it 21-18, and Georgia or Alabama would need a field goal just to tie instead of taking the lead, but they didn't convert. So it's 1918. Georgia then scores another touchdown five minutes later, 26 to 18. They kicked the extra point that time, but Alabama has the ball with three 33 remaining in the game. All they need is, a touchdown and a two point conversion to tie. So they're sort of on their heels, but not really, especially given the fact that one Alabama beat the crap out of the, of Georgia in the SEC championship game. But also the fact, I think Alabama has won like the last seven meetings between the teams. So, Georgia fans, uh, we were there are a couple of Georgia fans who are Moz, so we're kind of following along with them as we were going. 
Um, they're they're not even cautiously optimistic. They're biting their fingernails and getting beyond the cuticle. They're like, oh shit, is this going to happen again? Because bear in mind, in twenty seven or the twenty seventeen championship, Georgia had the lead going into the half. But that's when Tua Tunga-Vailoa took over from whoever their quarterback was. Jalen Hurts. Took over from Jalen Hurts. Alabama storms back to tie the game, go to overtime. And then Tua slings the ball way downfield for the game-winning score. And I think that was to Devontae Price. Um. But anyway, so Georgia fans were like, we've seen this before. We're not getting our hopes up. And Alabama is slowly chunking their way down the field. They're well into Georgia territory. They're into Georgia territory at this point. They're just chunking away. And then all of a sudden, Bryce Young throws a lame duck pass that's picked off by Keely Ringo, who is a freshman, mind you, a redshirt freshman at Georgia. He returns it for 79 yards, and that is all she wrote. That sealed the game. And at that point, you see uh, Stetson Bennett breaking down, crying. You see players crying. You have Georgia fans crying. And it was such an outpouring of emotion. Actually, even the coaches were in on it because uh, one of the mods uh, was at the game reporting for RCFB. And he happened to take a, a cell phone video of as the teams were rushing out onto the field after the final play. Um, all of the assistant coaches in the booth in the press box came like rushing out sprinting to get to the elevator to make it down to the field. Um, and it, but then you, it's, it was, I know it's still an SEC victory, but the true underdog really won here, pun intended. Uh, pun not intended, actually. Get it, underdog? Oh, no, I got it. <laughs> yeah, the, you have to put that Georgia drawl to it. Dog. Dog. Mm. Um, so that was it, was, it was cool seeing history. Because, again, uh, you know, a lot of these coaches, some of these coaches were not alive the last time Georgia won a national championship. Um, you know, 41 years. So, you know, it's, it's, it's been a long time. And Athens, Georgia, that's where the school is, just absolutely went bonkers. Um, so that w- it was cool to see that outpouring and reaction and honestly you don't really feel bad for the alabama fans because fuck them 
<laughs> They've won six Just national like the, the Dave Chappelle meme. Because yeah, fuck them, that's why. <laughs> because they've won three just college football playoff national championships and six under Nick Saban, dating back to 2009. It's like, all right, enough. You've won. We get it. Stop winning so much. Um <laughs> But um, yeah, it was it was a boring game at first, but finally it's it started to pick up a little bit toward the end, and certainly the most exciting game, re- uh, college football playoff national championship recently, because the other ones were fifty two to twenty four, forty in recently going backward. Uh, 52-24, That's the last three. The only one previous, there was a stretch. Prior to that, it was relatively close. You had a 45-40 win in 2015, a 35-31 win in 2016, 26-23 in 2017. But then the last three years have just been total shit shows of blowouts. So it was Cool to see one that finally had you watching to the end, as opposed to tuning out at the at the half. Um, I know a lot of people tuned out at the end of uh, at the half of the game last year. Um, by that point, even us in the press box were just kind of like, "Oh, uh, um, But yeah, it was. A good ending to a chaotic season. It was really chaotic for a lot of, for pretty much the entire season. So, but let me say this though something really cool came out. Um, so, on January 6th of this year, they announced the locations for the 2025. The, uh, I hate, I hate this. The game for the 2024 and the 2025 seasons. Mm. So the games that will be played in 2025 and 2026. You follow? Yes. So 2023, or actually, uh, so 2023, so next season is going to be at SoFi Stadium. Twenty, The 2024 game is being played at, played at NRG Stadium in Houston. But, and then 2025 game is going to be at Legion Stadium in Paradise, Nevada, not Las Vegas. But then they're coming back to Miami in 2026. Mm. It'll be the first venue that's been repeated in the college football playoff. But supposedly the reason is they kind of wanted to make it up to Miami because the game that they hosted was in 2021, mm. 2021, the COVID-affected year, where you can usually fit about 65,000 people into the stadium. And the college football playoff is essentially a guaranteed sellout. Um, but they were only able to hold... 
they only held less than 15,000. So you're looking at about 25% capacity at the stadium. So it's kind of like a makeup game, as it were. Um, but yeah, it was, for once recently, a very close game and uh, was fun to be a part of uh, from the moderating side of it. Okay. Do you have any questions, comments? Concerns? No, it seems like this is. Uh, and I was scrolling down the, the the Reddit CFB Twitter page as you were talking, and 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 you and you see the the jokes and the bouts of agony. Uh, the, the, my favorite was, of course, that the, the Georgia the curses are over, and there's like the Braves won the World Series, Georgia wins the national championship. Maybe Georgia sports isn't cursed anymore, and then people just started listing the Falcons, the Hawks, Georgia Tech. Thrashers, <laughs> so that that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's you got to feel for the Thrashers, man. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it seems like uh, I guess Georgia sports is doing all right for now. So that's. Ugh. But uh, now people are like, "What's what's the most cursed state now with regards to uh, playoffs and stuff like that? Teams that have professional." sports and things like that because i mean we've done well enough here at least this millennium i think and uh at least here in florida with uh, i mean if you want to count the entire state you can you know you got 2001 you got the canes and uh, the gators had two the seminoles got theirs as well and ucf well, would you count city wise <laughs> like sector like buffalo Ha! Yeah, well, yeah, ooh, yeah. Buffalo is rough. Buffalo is rough right now. Minnesota's been pretty rough as well. They, you know, the, Twins haven't won since The whole state of New York has not been doing great recently. So you have the Knicks. Well, well the Yankees won. Are, in are you counting? That was the last thing. And are you counting finals appearances? Because then you have the Mets in 2015. That's the only contingency. If you're not counting those, then I'm I'm sure could be in contention. But then the Giants also won in what 2012 as well. They're in New Jersey. They're in New Jersey. But they're not the New Jersey Giants. They're they're listed as New York Giants. Uh, It seems like the Giants and the Jets. Someone actually is suing the Jets and Giants over the name because they're not the new jersey giants even though they're listed they're located in new york i think they have some sort of i don't know there's some sort of handshake agreement between them and the state of new jersey i I don't know what's going on there there is something about it that uh, to to have as far as the names and stuff but uh minnesota's doing pretty bad i I guess the state of washington with no no though it's the seahawks one that's right. They did want mm-hmm. something. Um, let's see. Texas. We can't say Cleveland because of the Cavaliers. And Te- the Astros is not legitimate. Oh, no, but they've had the Spurs. Spurs have done a lot of yeah. stuff. So Being the Spurs itself is yeah. fine. Yeah, Spurs. Um, New Orleans. No, no, they got the Saints actually won something. That's right. Saints I mean, Chicago. So I guess the state of Illinois. No, well, the Cubs. The Cubs finally won. Remember? Oh yeah, I forgot. Cubs finally won. The Blackhawks had their their run. That's right. Yeah. So Um, um, the White Sox also got a thing, not too far back. Uh, Actually, no, it's far back. It's 2005. Sheesh. Um, 
North Carolina. I kind of like Minnesota though because the Timberwolves have been one, perennially trash. I think so. Maybe not North Vikings Carolina. Vikings don't do anything. DC Nationals finally won. That was a thing that happened. Uh, Cavs finally won for Cleveland. Cincinnati Bengals number one. The Reds haven't won since 1990. But you're going the state of Ohio. I think this is the hard part. Oh uh, yeah, the whole state. Yeah, because they have the whole side state. Yeah. Um, the state of Michigan. Well, the Pistons. I mean, having to pay John Harbaugh is good enough. The Pistons and the Red Wings. Pistons. Yeah, the Red that Wings. That was so long with the Pistons. Yeah. The, the 2000s was the Pistons and the Red Wings doing something. The Tigers tried. And then having the Lions is not great. <laughs> did, yeah, yeah, having Lions doesn't yeah. really work well. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, maybe Tennessee. Because Memphis I, I, I has guess. never made a finals. The Predators lost nah. once. And the Titans uh, haven't made it in this millennium. So you can't say anything about Utah. So and the Volunteers are awful. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, okay, Vanderbilt. We're gonna awful. change it, yeah. boys. Tennessee. We're gonna awful. change it. We're changing it, guys. Okay, we'll see. One seed. They got we'll eliminated see. by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I already know it. I we'll see. It. And the John Morant's doing some pretty good things with the Grizzlies. And the Predators are in first place. I don't know. Maybe this is Tennessee's. Maybe 2022 forward is Tennessee's time to shine. You know, you know what's and, weird? And, and I, they I might get take, a major league franchise. Who knows? If I will take. Um, I will take the Titans winning it this year instead of the Yankees getting it if baseball ever comes back. Mm. Miami, it's not there, unfortunately for us. Yeah. We just concede that. Oh, the Heat and the Panthers. Come on, please. <laughs> Especially the Panthers, just one. Does the Panthers just need one? They need oh, a token Heat. championship. That's it. That's all. But I... the Heat, the injuries concern me. But mm. I mean, I don't know enough about hockey and what's going on now. Now that you know, the thing is with hockey, it's, it's, it's a watch. it's a crapshoot once the playoffs start. It doesn't the regular season. They could do fine in regular season. It's all about seeding. But but even then, it's it's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, we I saw mean, it before with the, the Lightning losing the Blue Jackets. Well, I'm, I'm expecting Lightning just to kind of have like a triple. Heck, the LA Kings were an eight seed going in, and they won a whole championship. So it's not, it's 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 really a crapshoot for the most part. It's it's less definite in hockey than in the other sports. Okay, all right, guys. Uh, let's see. We're in. Oh wow, we're doing well on time today. We're doing very well on time. I guess I can let's uh, I can rattle off the scores on the scroll crawl on the bottom there. The light holy crap, the lightning are spanking those sabers. So you better hope the Bills win, Buffalo. It's five nothing right now. The Panthers are spanking the Canucks right now, five to one. That's still going down. That's great. The Blackhawks are up on the Blue Jackets three to one. The Avs are losing to the Predators two nothing at the moment. And uh, I think Carolina and Philadelphia have their game postponed probably due to covid most likely that's same thing with the the islanders and the flames it's it, all kinds of stuff weird stuff happening with those the, sus, the suspended games and then the toronto plays the golden knights tonight later on okay nba minnesota and new orleans 56 58 right now new orleans is up bulls are beating the pistons 59 to 49 that's that's going to be happening um, oh yeah, the Penguins are in Anaheim, so battle of the birds over there. Denver versus the Clippers tonight. 
Right now, 112 to 112 between the Thunder and the Wizards. Three minutes left in the fourth, so that's that's a pretty close game. Uh, Phoenix and Toronto, 62 to 63 right now. Raptors are up in the third. Halftime between Memphis and Golden State. Grizz are up 59 to 51. Okay. And then there's a ton of college basketball happening, both men's and women's side. That's all I got in the score cross. So that gives Charles enough time to prep himself because we're going to head on over to the cage. All right, let me get my stuff situated. So welcome, everybody, your weekly Truplex, The Cage with Charles. Full reminder, wrestling is not fake. It is scripted. It is a song and dance about men and women trying to beat the holy hell of each other, chasing championships, establishing legacy. It is a soap opera. It is sometimes a big old monster movie like King Kong versus Godzilla, except it's not going to be stalling in the third act. Hopefully not. Hmm. It is about people trying everything they can, however they can, just to be relevant, especially when you're in the wrestling business per se. And last week, y'all y'all felt the passion. This week, the passion's still kind of there, just a little bit cooled off. But there's always consequences doing a Tuesday show when you have wrestling that's going on on a Tuesday. Wrestling going on a Wednesday with Dynamite now on TBS. Wrestling going on on Friday night when you have Friday Night SmackDown. And you also have Rampage. And then you have specials on a Saturday, um, AEW's Battle of the Belts. And then there's other kind of wrestling. So how are we going to approach this? Well, we're going to do a little retroactivity here, fellas. NXT, when we signed off last time, we knew that Ciampa and Braun Breaker were going after the NXT Championship. Surprise, surprise, Ciampa has now lost the belt. Braun Breaker is your new NXT champion. About time they got there. I understand that they Vince didn't want to necessarily put that belt on Braun the first go-around back in October when they met at Halloween Havoc, but they did on New Year's Evil, and it was a good match. I was watching it as we were on the show and closing out, and I watched the final bits of it. He ends up beating Ciampa doing the Steiner recliner because Braun Breaker is a Steiner. Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner's son, Scott Steiner's nephew. He did a Bulldog, which is his father's OG move, and then a Steiner recliner, which was his uncle's move, and I loved it. You guys know how much I love Scott Steiner. You know the math promo. You know all the other promos. So yay for Braun Breaker, who was Bronson Ruck Steiner, who was a football player, a fullback, who I think was on the Ravens practice squad and said, yo, why do I want a concussion here where I can possibly not get a concussion in you know wrestling mind you you get concussions all the time in wrestling but you know vince mcmahon doesn't want to tell you that it's okay vince ain't gonna love me but i don't care vince ruins things for me so nah, can't see me sticking out the tongue um how do i want to approach this and then we get to aew dynamite and i believe now you guys gotta remind me because i have short-term memory was the hangman adam page and brian danielson match the week prior when we returned or was it after i think if my memory serves me correctly, Dynamite from last Wednesday. Yeah, was yeah you, you, you discussed it. Yeah, you discussed it. I remember. So, I, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, because so let's give some side point on the stipulations. Remember the first time they met, went to an hour draw. Charles hated it. Then the second match was going to be judges in case it went to another hour draw. I watched that match. That was a good ass match, fellas. I don't want to say things are match of the year, but the beautiful thing about. AW Dynamite is you're going to get high quality level matches on free TV. You don't necessarily have to always pay the 50 bucks for a pay-per-view. Whereas in WWE world, 
you're generally going to get high quality matches on the pay-per-views maybe except for nxt because of the fact that it doesn't always have a pay-per-view but hangman page and um Brian Danielson, formerly known as Dan Bryan, which I think I popped him as our wrestler of the year in this segments when I was doing superlatives because he was both successful in WWE. Oh gosh, darn and it! We AEW. Forgot, those. forgot to do that. Well, that was a thing well, I didn't plan. Okay, let that be when the time comes for it to be right. Mm-hmm. But um, they they just put on a hell of a match, and guys, it did not end with going to the judges. Thank you, Chris. They had Hangman win clean one two three on Danielson. We'll see what they build into it now, but it was a damn good match. The rest of the Dynamite was in between fine. You're going to get MJF and CM Punk, which I'm about those promos. They're really good. I mean, he essentially told MJF that he can go, um, if you think the grass is always greener, you can go main event on night four of a WrestleMania on a buy one, get one pay-per-view. We know CM Punk's bitter, but the thing about wrestling is how do you like your wrestling? Do you want the vitriol from former wrestlers coming over there and to actually use it for motivating storylines? Or do you just want to deal with like guys being out of each other? Part of it is a soap opera, part of the emotion, part of it is the drama. Now they have to kind of lay the foundation what they're going to do. Also on that Dynamite, they established the first TBS champion, which is a secondary women's championship with Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Wright, going against Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill wins. Congratulations to you, Jade. You are the TBS champion. I still think the championship is ugly, but you can put some credibility onto it because like everything else with AEW, they're their titles are just fugly to me, you know, for the most part. I love the World Heavyweight Championship. I love the Tag Team Championship. And that was the other thing, too. Titles were changing because this was TBS. So they had the first TBS show of the year because now it's no longer on TNT. You have new Tag Team Champions as well. You have the Lucha Rose who were defending their championship against Jurassic Express with Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Luchasaurus. So, side note, I love Jungle Express. They're not, like, the biggest tag team that I'm about, but I think they're humorous to me. Jungle Boy Jack Perry is Luke Perry's kid, Beverly Hills 90210. Luchasaurus is a man who looks like a dinosaur, and he'll beat you up. That was the match where the guy's arm bent back, Ray Phoenix, I sent you guys. That was... Oh, oof. yes. Ah, oh, God. Man. So, so funny enough, Ray Phoenix did not break a single bone, just a heavily dislocated arm. So that's some good luck. Kids, drink your milk. Adults, take your calcium and vitamin D. Don't do too much zinc. It'll eat away from your calcium. Same thing with magnesium. But damn, that was terrible. It's it, it's it's not necessarily like a botch like I sent you with um what's her name Penelope before doing the moonsault onto the table and the table didn't break. I, I'm iffy about women using tables, not because I have them no problem with them bashing the hell out of each other. It's just shit don't break. Case in point, see Charlotte and Sasha Banks hell in a cell like 2017. What, what was the like? Break, what was man. his final like he? I mean, I'm sure it, it was like a dislocated elbow oh, initial, uh, arm, Dear Lord, but, that is but lucky. it did not break. That is yeah. lucky. Well, as I hell. thought that was a pure snap because here's the thing. When you break an arm, kids, for those who are strong and take their calcium, arm, broke drink their milk, you generally don't just break bones. You also break what? Ligaments, ligaments and tendons in addition to it. Yeah. So it's an all-inclusive buffet of fuckery. If yeah. I can use that language here. For that that pain. I have broken my hand before. Um, I have sprained you know many things in my life because i'm 32 trying to reclaim the youth that is no longer there mm-hmm. the match was fine um so what happened was lucha rose lost this is kind of my problem that i i need a little bit i i didn't know who the heels were right we know who the good guys are but lucha rose are like as well with penta and then ray phoenix 
if you want a little bit more story, I don't want championship matches just to have championship matches sometimes because I'm a promo guy and I understand not everybody's good at a promo, but you got to make me kind of want it a little bit, right? Because I think it makes it more monumental because even boxing and high-end boxing fights and high-end UFC fights you gotta have sell that kind of, yeah, you got yeah, to sell it. But they, they have that kind of promos. Hell, your national championships had it. That's what media tours are for. We have Kirby Smart and Nick Saban ta- hyping it up, talking it up, right? Um, it, it puts more of an investment because this is monumental. Why? Because it's Jurassic Express's first championship win. It was the Lucha Bros' first championship win, and they lost. You know what does this all mean in the grand scheme of things? So there was a lot of title changes that happened, and then on Saturday they were doing Battle of Belts, which is their one-hour special on TNT, and it was supposed to be like the main highlight of it. it was supposed to be Cody Rhodes defending the TNT Championship. Cody follows on Twitter. Charles the True, FJOJR, Dan Frijole, Sports Goofs. YouTube Tony Khan, even though I talk some trash about your dad um, being a terrible owner. You know, everybody, Eddie Kingston, just just follow us. Jericho, you can do it too. We'll give you the hype up. I don't reach week, but the boys do because I'm I'm actually trying to be off social media entirely. If it wasn't for the show, I wouldn't even be on the Twitter. Why? Because, you know, man, I'm being too compulsive. Just how I'm Vince McMahon's being compulsive releasing everybody. I'm being too compulsive on social media. And you break away from that stuff. I hate you, Vince. God, I love you, but I hate you. You give me what I want, and I hate it. Um, but the big match was supposed to be the TNT Championship, you know, the fuck ugly title of Sammy Guevara who had lost the belt originally to, uh, to Cody Rose. We're getting the rematch. And then what happened? Cody got the COVID. It shouldn't like roll off the tongue so well like that. I hate myself for it, but Cody got the COVID. And instead of just postponing the match or doing something else, they decided to do an interim championship. And it was supposed to be Cody's brother, Dustin Rhodes, AKA gold dust, formerly known as Goldust, going against Sammy Guevara and whoever wins would be the interim TNT champion. And I guess they'll just do a unification storyline. I don't like that in my wrestling. I think the difference between that, and of course my dog doesn't like it too as he parks in the background, the difference between that and Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin with the interim Cruiserweight titles for NXT was the fact that when COVID first came in, the champion was in lockdown in the UK. So guess who couldn't defend the title at all? So that's when it made sense. Cody, COVID, what, max amount of time, 10 days he couldn't really defend anything? Don't listen to the CDC kids. They're just doing it to help businesses, not your own health. Go get tested. Go get the shot. Go get the booster. Um, public service announcement. But what was the fullest length of time, unless Cody was going to have severe complications, and I hopefully he doesn't knock on wood, but why was there such a need to do an interim thing? What you really should have done is just make it into a number one's contenders match, right? Because then then what happens is with any kind of interim title is what's the acknowledgement? I, I follow boxing. Half of those things are interims and all they do is become when they actually have it in their interims is they just become compulsory number one contenders by either the IWB or the IBF to really go against the true champion. It's it's a it's it's not even a gold star, man. It's just like a silver a silver star that if you put in light, it kind of shines gold. I, I hate interim championships. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't know how you feel about defenses, but especially if something had a quick turnaround, uh, let's give Cody 10 days, so two weeks time, I think we'd be fine. So Sammy won. That's the story they'll bid into because they're going to get Cody's heel turn coming eventually. Okay, sure. I'm not, I'm not about it. I'm not about the storyline at all. I, I think my problem is it, what they've done to get to TNT title really has just kind of like delegitimized the awesomeness of Miro as a TNT champion. The man was doing promos fighting God. I, I, I think I quoted word for word last week. I'm going to quote word for word again. The man said, you give me a body of granite and a neck of sand. I love that ish. I just love that ish. Like having like super kick a Bible. I'll be intrigued by it because wrestling has to be goofy sometimes with their promo. But good things on the good horizons. I'm still waiting to see 
when, and this is weird because I gave him a lot of shit the entire year he was a champion, but when Kenny Omega is going to come back, he's recuperating, healing, doing some things because I kind of miss him, especially when we're going to get into the storyline of Red Dragon, which is a Red Dragon, which is Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish helping out their boy Adam Cole. Baby, follow us on Twitter, Adam. I follow you. Please follow me, Chugs. Come on. Um, we love the party because they were in NXT as Undisputed Era going against the Elite, which is Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, because I think that's what your big build is. It's inevitable, and I'm about that. Please, I, I kind of miss it. I miss, Mo- I miss Moxley as well. Y'all know I like John Moxley. Y'all know I like Dean Ambrose. That's what he was formerly known as. Um, in WWE, there was some good ish that kind of came from it. So it, it's kind of weird because you have all these new signings, but those two were really kind of your torchbearers holding um, everything. I think we're getting Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. I, I don't really need that in my life. And I, I don't know why I don't need it, but I don't think you could sell me on the emotion that Kingston and Punk had, which you guys know I love that match. But AEW is on the good up and up. You know, there's some good stuff coming in. I'm sure they'll get a couple different signings. Now, let's let's get to what really matters here. Impact's going to get a little bit of shout-out for two reasons. One, as you know, you guys know, Ring of Honor basically is in shutdown until April, allegedly. And they're going to have Ring of Honor Supercard, so there's a lot of Ring of Honor talent that it was basically laid off and dismissed. Well, Impact, which you can watch on the Axis TV channel, is oh my god did i talk about wrestle kingdom this is the problem with so much wrestling that we came back you, to you I'm not mentioned ready to, that but, yeah you mentioned it last week too but well yeah. i i, I have back ends i'll go to but uh new japan i'll, I'll try to be crossover last week, or like the announcement of a crossover for the roy rumble it, and all that stuff i, I see i retain this stuff I i'm proud of it i'm proud of it um so impact is bringing in the Ring of Honor wrestlers for like an invasion angle. And Impact has really just been, I think, the beneficiary of the Forbidden Door. Not so much of the fact that their ratings are skyrocketing, but there's always an error of relevance or an error of relevance to them because they've had the wrestlers on New Japan. They've had some AEW guys come into their stuff. And now they got the Ring of Honor people like um, Matt Taven and Maria Callis and Mike uh, Bennett. You know, they're married. Then you have Vincent. Then you have other people, PCOs there. Um, and then the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. So can I do a spoiler for tapings on a show here? Do you think we're going to get... You know, I'm not going to deprive yeah. Impact of that, even though you can read the dirt sheets. No, no. we got to stay loyal to the business. you got to treat it like kayfabe. But let's just say there might be some you know, championships from Ring of Honor that are going to be defended on Impact. That's how you keep it like thriving. And mutual beneficiaries help out that way. It's great. Um, but bigger news... WWE has a Royal Rumble. Uh, I think it's January 29th. The women's roster is very thin, but what did they announce? Mickey James, the Impact Women's Champion, former Mickey James, who was with WWE, is going to be an entry to the Royal Rumble. So they're actually having a current champion that's on a different promotion, even though Mickey is allegedly a free agent, but she is the champion for this B program going to be in the Royal Rumble. So I was like, good on Impact. That's how you kind of they even, maybe... They even retweeted you know, something here in the back. Like in the last 12 months, they've worked with AEW, NWA, New Japan, AAA, uh, WWE, and uh, tomorrow, Hard to Kill, Ring of Honor. So... Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's smart business because... Oh, no. That and was, they were I'll, Sorry. Yeah, they were, they were redoing that. And I think people are like, oh, what's, you know, Vince usually doesn't want to acknowledge people, but Vince did that stuff with WWE and ECW back in the day before the mergers and the buyouts. And what happens is that Vince, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, 
Vince hates AEW because it's a bunch of a whole like other you know former WWE people. You know that kind of thing. That's always yeah. my mindset. Yeah, it's but like I don't the think ABA, he's gonna NBA type of stuff. You know, or, or the yeah, WHA think... and the NHL. That was actually more contested than anything else. But yes, yeah, I mean. and I don't think he's gonna have beef with this for a sole reason. Where what did he try to do? Not once, but twice. Try to try to make an alternative to football. So if he views Impact, Ring of Honor, it, we're never gonna enter Japan. Unfortunately, I think. Um, unless you just get a guy who's not a free agent. Because he did have New Japan wrestlers like Zack uh, Sabre and then Kota Ibushi in the Cruiserweight ch- uh, Challenge about six years back. But if you're gonna if you're gonna view like Impact and Ring of Honor, for example, as just pure alternatives as to what you're trying to provide, then I think Vince would be game for it. And I kind of like this concept because maybe it stops Vince from having to do these whole like big ass storylines or like not sorry, I'm sorry, signing these people, developing and come out. Maybe he just gets people that are known to be famous or, you know, good work rate, good work ethic, good wrestlers. And it's like, Hey, you know, do some one offs, do some whatever you do that with Goldberg. Basically you did it with Haker. What if, you know, what if he's trying to get to the indie purists to certain things they are not going to be the people who challenge the main things, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. So good on impact new Japan. They remember they had wrestle kingdom 16 last week. There was like three nights of it. Big things that you need to know about. Kazuo Okada defended all his championships. Kenta is like dead. He's alive. But he said that's the guy essentially that fell off the ladder and went headfirst into yeah. the trash can. <clears throat> Ooh, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, it's the butcher's bill. As anybody who's listened to Wheel of Time or Red Wheel of Time, we don't acknowledge the show because that's trash. Uh, but it's the butcher's bill for these high-risk stakes. So poor Kenta. But Kazuo Okada is going to carry on with that transformers title and maybe charles needs to get back to watch a little bit more but i know we did for the two nights the third night was just and noah which is the other uh japan japanese wrestling alternative besides awa or ajpw uh wrestling going against each other so that was interesting charles needs to just watch for the hard-hitting stuff all right wwe time let's do this the Brock lesnar paul Heyman, roman reigns love triangle storyline is a favorite of mine it, it is called cultivating and culminating into something just fantastic and it just makes me want to watch both of them charles watched general hospital when he was younger i am you know hispanic or part hispanic and there was telenovelas that were watched from my grandmother and then my sister so there is a drive and desire to soap operas and then paul Heyman being you know the monkey in the middle of being brock lesnar the now wwe champions advocate and then once being a special counsel for roman reigns who's a universal championship it's just so good friday there was a lot of ish going on because brock went to smackdown talked some trash to roman's like roman reigns acknowledge me haha and then um he was like roman let's do title versus title give the people what they want because remember brock's working as a face on smackdown roman's a heel and then Roman's like, hey, that's a good idea, but it's not my idea. And I don't do business with anybody who does business with trash like Paul Heyman. And Paul Heyman is putting on, like, acting 101. It's beautiful. He's like, don't talk to me like that. How could you talk to me like that? It's like a jilted lover being hurt. He's like, I freaking loved you. I worshipped you. That's my best Paul Heyman uh, voice that I can do right now. And I don't know if I sent you guys those promos. I think, uh, Yeah, because I said wrestling is a soap opera. That's the storyline you need to go to because that's going to lead us to mania. And I don't know ultimately how I feel about Brock or Roman finally beating each other out because in the ring, wrestling-wise, I'm never about their style going against each other. But I love the investment in the story. And it's just so good. And it makes me wonder how they're going to kind of get in there. What's Paul eventually going to choose at the end of SmackDown because Roman's like beating everybody on that SmackDown roster. Adam Pierce is like, oh, hey, I got a guy. Who's going to go against you? He's like, who? And who it is? Seth Rollins. 
the you know the visionary the drip king the messiah um just love him in that sense i, I think he's just been very intriguing to me and the character that he has done he's going to be going from raw to wrestle roman at royal Rumble for the universal title they have backstory they're a part of the shield faction the brother versus brother i think that was good and then we get to raw where brock's on there who is brock going against at the royal rubble the super time of beef versus the beast of beef brock lesnar bobby lashley and now you're getting brock as a heel against bobby lashley and are we getting the bobby lashley face turn that we get because on monday bobby's like for 20 years you've been ducking me and then uh brock he's just having fun with this character you can tell he's like i don't even know who you are you're a brock lesnar wannabe he he goes uh he he did a knock knock joke he's like knock knock who's there bobby who and he's like exactly drops on to paul i was like holy shit this is some good compelling stuff because now i on one end for Brock's storyline for the future with him and Roman, it's like the battle of Paul Heyman's loyalty and soul. Really, and the fact that Brock just wants to beat up Roman and Roman's shoot out on the Brock Bobby line is Bobby just wants to beat up Brock and the title just happens to be there. I'm like, Oh boy. Like I'm about this beef. I don't know how that match is going to be, but because we've never had that match and I got a sample, a little sample of it, a little sample of it at that day one pay-per-view. I'm more invested in that. At the Royal Rumble, I have my predictions. Um, side note, my RKO um, prediction of, or not RKO, but RK Bro, real prediction when the Royal Rumble might go out of the trash because on Raw, the tag titles changed to Otis and Chad Gable. Congrats, guys. Taking it from Riddle and Randy Orton, so they might push that earlier than expected. But whatever, I don't write everything. Vince doesn't listen to me anyway. But look at those men. Look at those gods, those titans, the titan of beef. Like, if you've ever been to wendy's there's son of baconator and there's baconator well this ain't no son of baconator this ain't even baconator you know what this is this is a baconator meal where you ask for a large you know soda to come with it large fries but you ask them to do the specialty fries that they do in addition with it this is like the quad patty but it's in two men as opposed to a fatal four-way this is everything i need to be you think dave's double dave's triple Whew, buddy you ain't gonna make this I, and I'm trying to figure out who's going to lose that belt because Roman or Brock, one of them has to lose it, right? Because your end game is him and Roman at Mania. But the thing is that I think it would be a travesty if it's Seth who beats Roman and everything that was built up for that they've done for the last year and a half of Roman as a champion means nothing. Even someone screwed it over. And the thing is Drew McIntyre has a neck injury. So who knows when he's coming back and it's like legit. So we really don't know. But if you have Brock just lose, it doesn't matter because you could just make it where the Usos or Roman himself just screws over Brock. And then you get Bobby Lashley as champion. Cause I can't see them unifying the titles. Why? Because Raw's, you know, being broadcast on universal USA and SmackDown's on Fox. So how are they going to feel about one big title on one of their shows unless you just end the brand split and everybody's going around? But I think the logical thing to do, really, would just put all the women, unify the women's title, put all the women on Raw because there's a three-hour show, and SmackDown could just be, you know, whatever the um, men's championships are. You know, IC is there right now, the Universal belt, and you can have your own SmackDown tag title, and then Raw would still keep the Raw tag title, U.S. belt the Women's Unified Championship, so Women's World Wrestling Championship. That's great. I can get behind that. That's how you fill the third hour instead of doing bad comedy skits. But what the hell do I know? And I'm not against, like, I, I don't hate the women wrestling. It's just the roster's so deficient right now that having two titles kind of hurts, and then Charlotte's kind of ruined the integrity of the championship, but that's just me, of who Vince has booked. It, it's a lower number amount. I think that's the reason why, because who they've announced that 30-woman Royal Rumble is also a lot of legends. Um, Summer Rae is coming back. 
you have Lita's coming into it. Mickey James is going to be into it. it. It just isn't there. So you have to think about going forward. And I don't know if you're going to have any NXT call-ups coming up soon, but Royal Rumble, man, that is on my radar. Plus, you guys know I like having fun with these predictions. Look at what I did with the, um, what was it, with Money in the Bank. I was money on both of them. Nope, all pun intended. Screw that. What am I saying? No pun intended. I was right about Biggie. I was right about Nikki. So, you know, the question is, how am I going to do on the Royal Rumble? We're going to be we're going to be counting that um, coming up, man. And so also bigger news because I'm reading now on NXT. So Pete Dunne lost his match to Tony D'Angelo. So the rumor mill is that Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa are going to the main roster. They're scheduled to do the main event um, stuff, which is airing on Hulu as their workout or their uh, tryouts for the main roster, which scares me because the same thing happened like Bronson Reed, a few other people, and they got fired. But um, I don't know. And then we're still playing the game of where's Johnny Gargano going right now. He has his baby that's due eventually. So what are we going to do? What's going to happen? And also just a shout out. I love Malcolm Bivens. He cracks me up. Follow him on Twitter. The man's hysterical. Um, he gets me in my spirit animal. We love you. Malcolm Bell, I think is his Twitter name. And that's all I got for you this week in the wrestling world and the cage. Okay. All right, guys. Well, that is it for this week. Thank you guys for joining us. I will chop this up and get this ready for listening, at least by tomorrow, I think. And then I'll try and do all the promotions and things like that. So we will see you all next next week when we'll talk about, I guess, the NFL playoffs. NHL keeps rolling on, NBA rolling on. And see if baseball players want to talk to the owners and uh, wrestling. So that's it. That's it. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye. Take care.